Catch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Levine Studios. Here's your host, Brent Martineau. I went from flip-flops and a bathing suit on about a half hour ago to sweatpants and a sweatshirt here in Jacksonville, Florida. Sounds like I just came in at just the right time. I got here about 45 minutes ago, and it was still you know, pretty warm and sunny out. And then I was talking to you, and you said it kind of cooled off a little That's bit. Right. It was unbelievable, really. I mean, you, you know those times when you can feel the cold front come in? Yeah. Like, you can actually feel the cold air, Yeah. which is kind of cool, it, I, I think. But it went from, I think it was 89 degrees in my car when I was on 9B coming up here. Okay. So that's about 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. I stopped and got gas, pulled in here, and it was 72 degrees. It dropped 17 degrees in about, I'd say, a 12-minute span. First of all, yeah, stop lying because you said you stopped to get gas. Did you stop at Starbucks as well get some more coffee? I didn't, actually, and wow. I feel like crap. You know why? <laughs> because today is – I'm trying to start the – I've only Cleanse. had two coffees today. Yeah. I worked out today. Yeah. I feel awful. And and and, uh, and not only that, their pollen is everywhere. So I worked out in the back porch, and it is just like – Yellow. Well, here's so. the thing with coffee. Like, I don't think caffeine is necessarily that bad for you, but I'm sure it's like the stuff that you add to uh, Starbucks coffee, like sugar and whatnot. Yeah, I usually will have some sugar and cream in it. And yeah. listen, I'm not stopping drinking coffee, but I do I do think I could stop drinking six of seven of them in a day. Well, at least your eyes not twitching anymore. Or is no, it still actually, I was thinking about that. It went away. We're back. Uh, so that was just during Super Bowl week or for a couple weeks back. Fair so, enough. Hey, we're trying to get right. Now that Daytona 500 is over, kind of ends what I, what I kind of believe is a is a crazy season for us uh, from from uh, late July all the way through February 15th. I always put it not on the Super Bowl, but I always say it's one or two more weeks with Daytona mm-hmm. because Daytona's busy for us on the TV side, and uh, it's not like it's going to slow down. Actually, March will be the busiest we've had it because of the players, and um, but it's just kind of a different different kind of busy, which is okay, too. We like uh, like staying busy. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane, Justin Kuzart, Kuz, off a big NBA weekend. Uh, we will talk a little bit about how was it? He's working hard right now. Sorry, I was working on your guys' audio. Yeah, it was good. I, You know, um, yeah, it feels like every year, no matter what you do, there's always debate like, oh, this dunk contest. Yeah, they should dunk. never do the dunk contest again is what people and think. It's, it's <laughs> just like run it back. We do it every year, and here we are. So, But, that you know, there's a lot of money attached to it with TV and everything. So Yeah, you have to do something. You got to keep doing well, it. Along with sponsorships, too. Right. Like it was like the Sprite you know, skills challenge and the whatever else dunk contest and the something-something three-point contest. Like all these sponsors are really getting their money's worth here. Yeah, yeah like the highlight was J. Cole coming out. So Yeah, that was legit, though. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I think uh, we were talking about all-star games and, and that kind of deal a little bit and just uh, are, do they do too much? And it does fall into one of these things where we got trapped in last night, too. Uh, I'm sitting there in victory lane waiting for that race to end, and just Twitter can't help itself, man. <laughs> I mean, Twitter to me is sitting on a couch across America, popping another cold one, mm-hmm. and complaining Hating. like there's no tomorrow that a race won't get over with quicker and a guy won't golf fast enough. Mm-hmm. J.B. Holmes, he was so slow, and I, didn't, I wasn't even watching. And I get it. I mean, some, part, uh, some parts of that. Is, but that stuff was over. Like, it fed. It was perfect. Like, if you are a sports fan and you like it all mm-hmm. and you're willing to complain about that stuff, well, you got to see flip back and forth between some golf Maybe even Orlando Apollos, if you're interested in the AAF, which came down to the wire a little bit, and the Daytona 500, which ratings were way better at the end because of the crashes instead of of just a boring race. You could flip back and forth, 
And then it fed right into the NBA All-Star game if you were interested in that, too. So I really don't know. I, I mean, I get it. Twitter's just going to complain. People are going to complain. That's, that's but, right, yeah. But it, it's the same thing with the All-Star game and the yeah. dunk contest. and It's like complain weekend. I There's, enjoyed John flipping. Gordon has a book out, The No Complaining Rule. You all should read it. <laughs> all right? <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed flipping it back and forth between Daytona and golf. It was a... It was a different sport weekend for me, but I, I enjoyed it. I I think uh, was it the can, car to can thing that they were doing with uh, the Bush car? I believe they, they afterwards. Did they, you see it a different way than I do because yeah. I'm there. So from the TV perspective, they call it. I'm pretty sure they call it car to can. And what they do is they take the metal from the car and they turn it into Bush light cans, or they look like Bush oh, light yeah. cans. Oh yeah, okay. And then you can win one that's signed by. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I was like, that's a real, like that's so perfect for NASCAR, and like I love that idea. Stewart brought this point up about to, to your in that same vein, and I, he heard this over the weekend. Be, the cars are going. The rules are going to change completely after this Daytona race because there's it's a restrictor plate. Not to get too deep into NASCAR, but it's a it's the last restrictor plate. They're doing mm-hmm. something different even at Talladega, and the next time they come to Daytona. And so he said they actually will like destroy these cars mm-hmm. because nobody wants to give up any of their R and D, their oh, research stuff yeah, that they yeah. put into it, which they put thousands and millions of dollars into yeah. and they don't want to give up any of their secrets how a car is built so they're pretty much just going to destroy them so all those cars that did get wrecked yesterday they don't well they're on their way to probably be wrecked anyway at least that's the way we heard it Stuart uh, heard it that way i thought that was pretty fascinating well uh, i mean a little hint uh whatever joe gibbs racing is doing just do that yeah because they had a pretty good day yesterday yeah one two three yeah, for one, jack two, three. i knows how to win huh super bowls and, yeah. and nascar races and it was a pretty cool scene actually in uh in victory lane always is uh, I, i've said this before uh we won't spend two hours talking daytona 500 uh we got to go down there on friday it was fun i love covering the week i think it's a huge event it's a big event there's a hundred thousand people at the track jacksonville's a top 10 uh, market in the country in terms of ratings for this event yesterday. I mean, people still like it. We talk about the relevancy of it. Joe Gibbs and Dale Earnhardt Jr. both on Sunday said, yeah, we have problems in the sport right now. It hasn't been a good time, but we are going to come out on the better side of this. There's a lot of talk about that. Stuart Weber will join us in a little bit. Uh, he knows it uh, way more than I do. So, uh, But it's a good event, man. It was an mm-hmm. event. It's a cool event. And I, I, I had a lot of fun being there all week, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And um, I think the 500, because the weather was really good. Weather was outstanding for the 500 from, uh, you know, sunburn to how many beers have you had <laughs> to a beautiful evening, yeah. like under the lights. Like nobody minded hanging out. We've hung out a long time at Daytona before because of the rain mm-hmm. and other events, uh, weather events. But that was that was fine hanging out for why they cleaned up the track a couple of times because the weather was gorgeous. I also saw that you uh – Retweeted one of those scooter things with the sofa on top of it that I was oh, talking yeah. about. At the that thing. was good. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So, so that was it. Was just like a it was a chair. The one I saw was like actually a couch on a on top of. Yeah, you were talking like about it. The other day, that's yeah, right. it was insane. But um, yeah, that was pretty funny. See, I'm sure there's a lot of crazy things. I mean, that guy had a full on. lazy boy. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then uh, it was on top, I guess, of like the bottom part of a mobility scooters. Yeah, that's like. what it was. Yeah. And then somehow he had it rigged up where the, the controls were like you know in this in the seat basically, and he's controlling it uh, from. Sitting in a lazy boy, so insane stuff. You see the Joe Dirt guys that I tweeted out from uh, Jacksonville? I did not. I mean, there were like four or five of them. They were okay. taking pictures with everybody. For sure. I mean, it's it's hey, hey, listen, it's a different animal down at Daytona. Embrace it, man. Anything Might as well. goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, nobody. One of the cool things in the world, I think, is when people just don't really care yeah. what the what other people think. Mm-hmm. 
because I think that's easier said than done. Well, especially you know? nowadays too. I mean, it is a it is a rare quality. To yeah, find I mean, listen, I mean, I I think we all have a a threshold of where we're like, okay, yeah, I probably do care what people, you know, no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, there are some people that would go outside and run naked around this parking lot. There are some people <laughs> that probably wouldn't, and I'm in the wouldn't category. But there are some people who just don't care, mm-hmm. and so. I uh, I I have an appreciation for those people yep. without fully understanding if they're not, you know, crazy. Yeah. But um, Daytona is one of those places. Yep. They don't care what you think. They uh, they they are shameless mm-hmm. at times, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's a beauty of that. No, for sure. If you want to see that in full effect, Brent, I invite you out to come to a punk show or a rock show with me because when I get in the mosh pit, man, the shirt comes off and I really don't care about you anything. You don't care. So, no. Well, listen, now we have a reputation. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm still going to be me, Brent. <laughs> Can't change me now. Uh, you went to the zoo this weekend. Went to the zoo a little bit, yeah. I was in a different kind of zoo yesterday. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, there, there, there's a lot of crazy sights to see, too, at the Jacksonville Zoo. Um, probably not as crazy as Daytona, but, yeah, it took, uh, you know, Took the little dude to go see some. Uh, we saw the monkeys, saw the lions, leopards, the jaguars. Uh, you know, pretty much made like a, a quick lap around it. Uh, didn't really plan out my eating schedule too well, though, because what happened was, so, you know, obviously I have a pretty tight eating schedule. As you know, you've seen it firsthand yes. with smoothies and whatnot. I'm about to get on it. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was on Saturday. So I went to go train or whatever, come back. I'm like, well, it's 11 o'clock right now. Do I just... For, for go eating my first meal, because I ate my first meal at noon, so I do ask for go my smoothie and then wait till I get back. Well, we get back till about one thirty, and uh, I was I was not in a good mood. I I was hangry, as everyone says. <laughs> so uh, towards the end of the zoo, you know, starting to wrap up a little bit, I was like, it's time to go home. It's usually it's usually the three year old that gets upset at the uh, eating schedule, well, see, not the thirty one year old. Yeah, exactly. The thing that we had going for us was the fact that we ended up buying him a because for Valentine's Day his great grandma gave him some money, so then he got to buy a toy. So all of a sudden the toy was the most important thing. Oh, and yeah. He could care less about stingrays or anything like that. So all good. I've not been to the Jacksonville Zoo in a long time. It's a great it's a good place, time. Uh, but I've not been in a, in a long, long time. You said a lot of people are though. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, it was packed. There. I mean, if, if you do have a choice, I'd recommend going on the weekday. But, uh, yeah, just expect to wait in line for a little bit if you go on the weekend. Hey, we got an interesting football talk topic in terms of the Jags, and we got it out there right now. And, and it's got to do with the tight end position, Hawkinson, and also has to do a little bit with Mel Kuyper's latest draft. Plus, uh, if there's some concern about Ryan Davis still plays for the Orlando Apollos, used to play for the Jags, joined us on the show a couple weeks ago. Austin Lane caught up with him, so a little update on the health of Ryan Davis after uh, what looked like a very bad injury during that game yesterday. So much more to come here on a Monday edition, 362-9901. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jump on in if you want. We'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome back here on a Monday Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane and Coos. And uh, we'll talk some NBA in a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of topics that always come out of All-Star Weekend, so I think that's interesting. And I do think Adam Silver, for my money, has got to be, like, already one of the best commissioners ever. <laughs> what was up with the NFL, uh, the rumors saying yeah, they're trying, trying to talk to him Well, that might be why, you know. I mean, yeah. if they sometime look for a replacement or totally different sport. That's but, what I'm uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, but I'm interested. Kuzma have probably some good thoughts on that as he's got another driving dish podcast up. But I do think Silver does a nice job. And uh, it's interesting a lot of the directions of sports right now. We just got off the NASCAR stuff. Uh, the NBA thinks they're uh, – Dwayne Wade even says, hey, the future is bright. 
Uh, the NFL, I mean, I don't know what you can say about the future. They'll live in it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it can get any better. Uh, it's like the housing market of 2005 or something. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it can get any better. Um uh, Let's just hope the NFL doesn't have the collapse. There's not a bubble <laughs> getting bursted or anything. Uh, but uh, so we'll get on a lot of different things uh, like that. Uh, update on Ryan Davis real quick before I get into some other uh, football talk. Uh, if you missed it, Ryan Davis, former Jags player, really good dude from Bethune-Cookman as well. And you know, undrafted free agent, good story, one of the good stories. And he's he just joined us last uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, and was talking about joining the Orlando Apollos and how this is his ticket back to the NFL. He hopes he gets a sack in his first game with Orlando against Atlanta in that opener. And then, again, I was in Daytona, so I wasn't watching the game, but they got hurt yesterday in San Antonio. And it was one of those where it looks real bad because the stretcher comes out and it's like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. And and we see that a lot. And thankfully, it doesn't always mean that. And in this case, the same thing. He actually caught the flight back with the team last night. Uh, it, it was I think Spurrier was the one that said it was there was a bruise on his spine, which is interesting. That sounds awful. But um, mm-hmm. I guess that's better than the alternative. And uh, he's tweeted a couple of times in the last uh, 24 hours. So it sounds like Ryan Davis is doing well. You actually texted back and forth with him. Well, yeah, it was. uh, So I was kind of flipping through back and some other stuff, watching TV and whatnot. And then I flip back to the game and I see someone's down in the field. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And then they bring out the card. I'm like, oh, that's definitely not good. And then, you know, I'm so used to seeing Ryan's like playing the NFL where he I think he's like number 60. He was number 60. It was like in the 60s, I want to say, when he played. When he played uh, with the Jags? Yeah, in the Jags, wasn't he? No, nah, I think or, it was 95. Not, 90. Well, why am I having a hard time with this? 98? I don't I think. thought he was in the 90s. All right. Well, I'll yeah, look it up. You look keep it up. Talking. Yeah. But um, for whatever reason, I forgot he was in the 90s in the AFF. So, like, I saw a guy, you know, rocking, uh, I think it was 95 or whatever, laying on the ground. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And then happens to be Ryan Davis. So I'm like, well, I got to see what happened, obviously. And. Kind of hesitant to rewind it because I have DVR, so I re- rewound it and I saw what happened. And basically, you know, it's a happened. Uh, it happens on the defensive line all the time, where if you're rushing the passer, you're focused primarily on, on the tackle from a defensive end position. So if you're bull rushing the tackle, you're not worried about the other side of the defensive end coming through too. Because let's be honest, you're trying to hit the quarterback. So eventually. If you don't hit the quarterback, sometimes guys can collide. And that's what happened to Ryan where he was bull rushing the tackle, didn't see his teammate coming from the other side, and they basically just collided. And Ryan took the brunt of it because he was kind of on, on his way down, so his head hit, hit, the, hit the other defensive end's chest, and then Ryan went down. And, um, you know, it wasn't a good scene, obviously. They brought out the board and everything like that. He did give a thumbs up. So immediately when I saw that, I'm like, well, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give him some time. And I'll text him. So I texted him a little bit, and, he actually hit me back later that night and said, you know, he's just getting tests and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not going to share the extent of the injury because that's his job. That's not my job to, to yeah, leak yeah. that information. But he, he seems to be in good spirits. Um, I think there's a lot of positive things happening where he's going to be playing again this year, hopefully. Um, obviously, the test results are going to dictate that. But he seemed to be in high spirits and everything. So just wanted to share that. I think, by the way, you're right. 59, you wore 59. 59, um, yeah. Uh, and I should have remembered that, and I don't know why I didn't. But uh, – <laughs> That's what's interesting about it. Yeah, and you t- you know, there were some things I think that are still he's, uh, he's still unsure about, and that's why you don't want to yeah. tell any of, of how exactly what the extent of the injury is because I think even he, it sounds like to this point, mm-hmm. might not know that that might still have some tests to do. But 
we just were at Super Bowl Cliff Averill, I think, is an example of this. He got mm-hmm. that neck injury, and, and he felt so fortunate. And he, I, he didn't even really even wrestle with playing again because he was at a decade into his career, and, and he was lucky to get, walk away mm-hmm. with that injury. I do think uh, – I think these moments have to, as as a player, when you're trying to get back, right? When you try – Ryan Davis has no guarantees of the NFL, and this must – kind of put things in perspective a little bit and say, uh, well, maybe maybe that's a little sign. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'm done. You know, I mean, Brent, if you watch that play – and I guarantee that play has happened a million times before. You yeah. know, I mean, it happens all the time in training camp where you basically just – run into one of your teammates, especially when you're playing defensive end. Defensive tackle is a little different because you're not at such an angle when you're trying to close yeah. on the quarterback. Um, I've had it happen to me a couple times. You know, I mean, I actually got a stinger in a game uh, from colliding. I think it was, might have been Babin. I forgot who the, my, my teammate was, but I collided with somebody. And it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, you, you don't see it coming because you're so focused on the on the tackle. And, you know, they always say if you're in a car accident, it's better to go limp and then not actually brace up for it. Well, this is one of those instances where if you do brace up for it, you're actually going to help yourself out a little bit as opposed to not seeing it coming and then obviously hitting your neck. So um, from, you know, where Ryan's thinking from any guys with those kind of injuries, I mean, everyone's different. I think the fact that I, th- I think he's close, you know, I think he's close to getting another shot. Obviously, he's playing great in that game as well. He had to sack his first game. Um, so we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, but. From my perspective, I feel like if it's nothing serious, he's probably gonna give it another shot. Yeah. How about how much uh, does a stinger hurt, or does it just make you numb? Or what's the well, deal? Give me a little. A, what's the life as we see that all the time, and it's always like, uh oh, and then it's just a stinger. Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it does hurt, but at the same time, your entire it's usually a stinger. What happens is, um, you know, you hit your neck, and your right, or either your right or left side just shuts down. So like when I did mine, I mean, I got the stinger, and I couldn't move my arm. Like it just you could feel like a, it felt like just warm, warm water going through your veins. It's weird. Really? It's yeah. a really weird thing. And um, I didn't think like I, you know, broke my neck or anything because I've heard people get stingers before. So I was, you know, accustomed to hearing stories. I'm like, I think it's got a stinger. But yeah, I mean, the entire right side of your, your shoulder and your arm just shut down. And yeah. like I said, it feels like it's like warm water going through your arm. You can't lift it up. So it's definitely and those a are common, thing. By the way. Oh, they're super common. I yeah. mean, kids get them in Pop Warner. Kids get them in high school. Yeah, it's it, it's a common thing of football. I mean, is it um, technically is it a pinched nerve? I th- you is know, it the I, same thing? I, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Con- I mean, I'm not a doctor. I think they I'm are because you don't really hear pinch. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what. I mean, I actually did it in uh, college. Collided with the center fielder. I was playing right field at the time. Yeah. Collided Oof. and. I mean, I can still feel like that's the part. Like you can still feel it at times. Mm-hmm over the years come yeah. back like you and i just i don't know if it ever heals or maybe some do and some don't or, or whatever but uh but i can see i mean it, that's the one thing that seems to freak guys out or freak people out when you're watching a game or if you're at a game and then then all of a sudden it's like they come to life yeah <laughs> like, okay it's just a stinger well that's part of it and, man. you know it may just be a stinger but at the same time and you're talking especially the guys in the trenches uh it just does work on your discs in, in your neck. You yeah, know? I yeah. mean, uh, like, there's tons. I can go on, you know, name names forever about guys that just have, like, disc and neck issues um, and spine issues just because when you're hitting somebody for that long every single day in practice going back and forth, back and forth, it's going to have an effect on, you, on your discs and everything. Yeah, and that assuming, uh, you know, heck, even if they weren't doing that, there might be people that would have those kind of issues yeah. anyway, just I mean, normal it's just, work. It's just so, a part of getting old, you know? Yeah, getting older. <laughs> Believe me, I know it. Uh, <laughs> all right, I want to switch over to the Jacks. Uh I've seen all this stuff on the Hawkinson kid out of Iowa. 
mm-hmm. the tight end. And the, there's there's Hawkinson and there's Fant. And Hawkinson's like this do-everything guy, getting the comparisons to Gronk, which is dangerous, but that's what happens. Fant is more this athletic move guy. You know, he's going he's gonna to get that. He's more what, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, like a Zach Ertz. I mean, I, I, Ertz. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and claim he's Zach Ertz, but like that's no, but that's the style. That's the comparison. Because yeah. is Kel- Kelsey, what, is he known as a blocker at all? Not, not so really, much. Right? No, even like when I played there, they used him more in like a like a bunch formation kind yeah, of like a spread that's formation. What I so I mean, I think every once in a while he can he can come down and you know block if he has to, but obviously he's more of a receiving threat. Okay, so so you got you got a guy that's being comped. One being comped more to like an Ertz style of play, which mm-hmm. people that's today's day and age in the in the NFL. And then you've got one comped more as this physical specimen that can beat you up at the line of scrimmage and also can get down the Mercedes field. Mercedes Lewis would be a good example too from, yeah. from his one Pro but, Bowl year that he but had. This guy sounds like a better Mercedes Lewis yeah. and more getting the, not, not going to be as great as Gronk. We don't want to do that to him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, special. I yep. keep seeing it today. A lot more talk. Special, special, special. Well, cross my mind then. If he is special, if the Jags take Foles, that means they're not going after quarterback in top 10. Everybody agrees with that. And so if they get Foles, well, then it comes down to what most people believe will be an offensive lineman of some sorts, unless they go the defensive line side, but that doesn't make sense to a lot of folks. So you don't have a wide receiver that's a top 10 guy. You don't have a running back that's top 10, and you're not doing that again. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, where do these guys come into play? I see these mock drafts, and a lot of the Hawkinsons of the world are getting dra- are getting mocked up and up and up, like by Mel Kuyper today, has a new mock draft, and I think he's at eight for the Detroit Lions. And so it crossed my mind. I said, well, what would the Jags reach? Would they go get this guy if they think he can change their offense? So it's twofold right now. We're going to take a timeout. But when we come back, twofold on the Hawkinson front. If they get Foles and you don't need quarterback. Are you going offensive lineman or tight end with that pick? Would you consider tight end? And then the second part of the question is, which one makes your offense better in 2019? And I think that's where it gets sticky. And I also have I have one giant problem with uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft to the Jaguars. I'll talk about that, too, a little bit. All right. That's all coming up next here on ESPN 690. Join the conversation on social media. We're on nine different platforms. Or you can call in 362-9901. Three six two nine nine zero one. Stay with us on ESPN six ninety. Give us a little football update. You were hurt most of last year. I know that was disappointing for you, but are you getting healthy and, and ready for a big bounce back year? Yes, uh, this is going to be a big year for me. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Uh, just finishing up treatment on my ankle. You know, it's very disappointing. I couldn't finish out the season strong, and I'm looking forward to this year. You got off-season conditioning in April. What do you do between now and then? Treatment and uh, go back home to Cincinnati and see the fam. And uh, it's been that's Andrew Norwell, Jaguars offensive lineman, had a disappointing season after getting paid a ton of money in free agency. He joined us in Victory Lane for our pre-race show on Fox 30 at noontime yesterday. And uh, if you missed it then, hopefully you caught it last night on Action Sports Jack's Prime Time. You can catch Action Sports Jack's Prime Time. Every Saturday and Sunday, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47, all year long. I'm pretty convinced we're the only TV station in America that does that Saturday and Sunday, half-hour shows all year long. Um, And we're proud of it, and we like it. Uh, But anyway, that was Andrew Norwell, which gets me to, he's your offensive lineman. Here's my thought on the offensive line of the Jacks, as we welcome you back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. 
I actually think the Jags offensive line is better than other people think. 16 different offensive linemen played last year for the Jags. 16. Run that number through your head a couple of times. There's supposed to be five. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's like, it's the equivalent of playing three quarterbacks throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So I believe they're better than they illustrated last year. Now, they were a mess last year. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're better. I think... Whatever you feel about Linder, he does have to prove he can stay healthy at the center position. But I think he's an above average. We can argue how good he is. Should he have been paid that amount of money, all that? Are there better ones out there? Yes, I believe so. But I do think he's an above average center. And I think Andrew Norwell, he was an all-pro, people. He got hurt in August. He never got healthy. And it was part of the problem. And that's not – listen, those guys don't want me to even give you that excuse. That's just reality. And so I have faith that he's going to come back and have a big year. I think he's a good player. I don't think you pay a guy $13 million a year and he's a bad player at that position. I think they know he's a good player. He was an all-pro. I think he has a bounce back here in 2019. So from that perspective, I don't mind those two guys. All right. Now, as it sits, Jeremy Parnell is still playing. I think it's up for debate whether he comes back or not. And they're going to have to make those decisions in the next couple of weeks on Parnell's due $6 million. But for now, I'm saying he's staying. He's a veteran guy. You know what he is. He's not an all-pro, but he's also not terrible. Yeah, he, He's had moments. He also needs to stay healthy. I think he's getting a little old in the tooth, I, I, long in the tooth. I do, I do believe that. I think he's getting slowed um, by this game. And I don't know what he's got left. So if you're asking me, can they upgrade the position, I would say absolutely. If you're asking me, if do I think they will, I would say, at this point, I don't think they will, unless they go in the draft and do it. And then the big one, right guard, they'll find somebody, I believe. I don't think A.J. Kant's coming back, but I do think they'll find somebody, a mid-level guy in free agency, and I also don't think he'll be an all-pro, but they'll find that fix at right guard. The left tackle is interesting, because Cam Robinson coming off injury, we're still not sure, even in that rookie year, how good he was. There's some people that think he was good some people think he was really not good and it was a mixed bag Mm -hmm. to say the least and then he gets hurt so we really don't know but I do think Cam Robinson is 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 good enough to play that spot and play it pretty well Mm -hmm. Um, I mean he was part of that offensive line they were top in the league in rushing two years ago when he was a rookie so again I'm not as concerned I'm more concerned about the Jags making plays and having playmakers. I think that's where they are more void at positions than they are at offensive line. I think everybody has trouble with the offensive line. You have to realize that. Everybody in football does. And and so the Jags will probably have some issues at times next year. But again, most every team in the NFL has issues at offensive line. It's the nature of the position. Nobody sits there and has six and seven good offensive linemen. One goes down, it's it's hard. Uh, that's the way the quarterback can hopefully make you better. Playmakers can make you better. So that big diatribe there leads to what I asked before the break. If, again, this is kind of hypothetical, but it's what we do right now. If Nick Foles, who the Jags by some are considered a front runner to get, and they certainly are well in play to get if they choose, if he's in Jacksonville, that eliminates quarterback from the top ten. For the Jags, everybody agrees on that. They're not picking Foles and picking no, Haskins. everyone agrees on that. But the problem I have with this, uh, the Mel Kuyper draft pick is actually coming up here if you get to it. I'm well, not sure. yeah, yeah. You're, we're going to get to it yeah, because yeah. Mel Kuyper came out with a draft. Yeah. So the bottom line is there's only there's only one position everybody points to, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive line. Yep. We, we already said the wide receivers, 
they're, they're void of top 10 pick. They're not warranted at the top 10. None of these receivers seem to be. The, the running back you're not going to do. They don't need much on defense. At least that's what everybody feels like, right? Now, the defensive tackles yeah. and edge rushers, there are plenty available at number seven that are good. That's probably their more, most talented spot is to go on the defensive side. But we will all be stunned, it feels like, if they go on the defensive side at number seven. Well, I'm going to be honest, too. You said wide receivers. There is one, actually, that has some top ten intrigue to me, at least, um, from an eye test. DK Metcalf. Because he's ripped. Well, did you see those pictures? I have him? seen yeah, the pictures. Uh, yeah, so uh, well, that he's he's also six four, two hundred thirty pounds, Brad, which is a hey, that's one receiver if I ever heard of one receiver. Yeah, I bring you Kelvin Benjamin. What the hell no, is he I done? No, I mean, hey, true, but this guy's supposed to really do well at the combine, throw up some big numbers, uh, run pretty fast. So if that's the case, you never know. I mean, right now he's going nine to the Bills. I so I, I, I feel Kuiper's like he's like he's like Mamula. Eh? He's gonna test like a son of a gun and not be great. You never know, but man. Listen, hey, day. if they if they, te- if they that's fine. We'll throw him in the mix. I mean, this is from. I mean, we're going to compare him to T.J. Hawkinson, who no one really knows about because he played in an Iowa offense where he didn't really get utilized that much. So I don't know. Do you think though? Okay, this is great right here mm-hmm. because Metcalf throw throw him in the mix. Mm-hmm. I like it. Are people talking about him as being a special player? From what I've read, he's obviously has a size. He's six four, two thirty. Yep. And he's going to test out really well at the combine. No, he's, he can rip now, your head off, it looks no, like. No, for I mean, sure. His, go look at his pictures yeah. with him with his shirt off. It's yeah. unbe- he looks like a linebacker. Yep. Played in an Ole Miss offense where quarterback play wasn't really that uh, elite this year, to yeah. say the least. So didn't really get the ball that much. But he's definitely the, he's the top wide receiver right now in, in this draft, um, pending the combine numbers and whatnot. Yeah, and because of the physical play. By the way, they could use a physical presence yeah. at wide receiver. And the other guy that people are high on is, is a cat from uh, Oklahoma, but he's like 5'10". Like, see, like, that's the thing. If that's the Marquise Brown, yeah. yeah if, if the Jaguars draft a wide receiver in the first round or second round, I want to see him go with a big guy. Yeah, and know? I think a lot of people would. You know, uh, And by the way, the Brown story today that comes out by Adam Schefter is uh, he had a Liz Frank surgery, and so he's going to miss the combine. Mm-hmm. Should be ready by camp. That's an immediate red. That Liz Frank stuff, man, Liz it's going to scare you. I had a 10-minute uh, little story I shared with the Liz Frank, man. It's, it's, it's not Go a fun Go back in the archives on yeah. the podcast or yeah. on the Facebook page, ESPN 690. Elizabeth Frank. Austin's not fun. <laughs> and again, we brought up like Mojo. That's a different position at wide receiver, so I don't know what the past is like for wide receivers who have had to deal with that. Whoa. But again, I don't want a guy coming off surgery with my seventh pick overall. Uh, especially, <laughs> I, I mean, you don't if mind. you're supposed to use your feet a lot, you know, in that position. So, <laughs> but I don't want that. So, so all right, I, I like this though. Give me a, so the offensive linemen mm-hmm. are really in play, and we get a lot of feedback here on, on the show when I ask these questions, and it says offensive line. A lot of people just want offensive line, and you can't if you, the safe you play is many. offensive line. That's a safe investment usually because again there are not a lot of them, and you can never have too many of them. Uh, but I just don't know. Does an offensive lineman change this offense is my question. Not really. No. And, you know, especially if we they got Cam Robinson coming now. back and Parnell coming back. Well, and, and you know, and, and here's my – I'm going to sound kind of like, a, like an old school philosophy kind of guy when it comes to the NFL draft. But listen – Kuiper's got us taken the you know the, the the dude from Florida the offensive tackle, um, Jawan Taylor, at number seven. Okay, but if they bring him if they bring in Jawan Taylor, he's not playing left tackle; he's playing right tackle. 
And and like I said, I don't want. Well, could you move Cam Robinson to right tackle and he play left tackle? But but so you're gonna put a start. You're gonna put a rookie who's used to playing on the other side. Yeah, probably not. I think you'd rather be a right tackle. Yeah, yeah. So spending that much up that high for right tackle, I don't know. I mean, obviously the. The, the the high priced the high coveted position on the offensive line is the left tackle, you know, and obviously because it, it protects the quarterback's blind side, unless the quarterback's left handed, which we don't have. So, the left tackle is the prized possession. I, to draft that high at a right tackle, I just don't know. I, I just don't well, know how I feel about is, it. But there is thought in in the last handful of years that that right tackle has increased in value. In terms of from a, it's not just the left tackle anymore. That right mm-hmm. tackle has also um, increased. And, you know, you can ask guys like because I actually think the center position is undervalued at times. Mm-hmm. I think that center is an important deal and you don't find many elite ones mm-hmm. just like that left tackle spot. And, you know, some people waver on that. But I think I even asked Doug Marone when he first got the job and he, he pointed to that mm-hmm. center position as being something that you need that guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and I would I would agree with that assessment. So, I mean, I think. I, I think if you're trying to get better and solidify and, and be strong at one thing and really own that line, which is something Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone would like to do. I get it. I understand it. That's their M.O. Well, you're doing that. So I, I'm not going to hammer the pick if that's the way it is. It's not sexy. It's not fun. I mean, offensive linemen, with all due respect, it's you just don't get the buzz. It'll be a... There it is. So that's the draft party. will be little like golf this. Clap, little yeah. golf clap. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a DK Metcalf and he comes in and he's... His shoulders are side as wide as the door. Takes off his shirt, and yeah. uh, people are going to go crazy. And be like, ah, oh, yeah, we got yeah. this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, it, it's, I don't know if that's even a real photo of him, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, so in between all of that is this TJ Hawkinson kid, a guy mm-hmm. that can block and catch, in a, and that's an art that no longer exists because they don't do it in college. Right. They mm-hmm. play a different game in college. Yep. So there's very few of them. The Mercedes Lewis type, the Gronk type that can do both and and kind of that two in one package. Even in this one, there are tight ends in this draft, but there are not a ton of tight ends that do both and excel at both. This Hawkinson kid is getting so much attention right now. The question is simply to me, who makes you better? Who makes you more dynamic? And I'm on search for playmakers on this offense. I'm not in search of blockers. <laughs> no, and so the, now you get a little of both. You solidify that blocking for the run game with Hawkinson, and you potentially get a playmaker. Now, listen, this guy's not electric in the passing game either. I don't want to overshoot that. Whoa. But he's got the ability to do both, which I think adds a dimension to your offense where you don't have, and we have not had in Jacksonville, while all these other tight ends are running all over the place a top around 10 the pick, league. Though? A top 10 pick? Jacksonville hasn't had it. A top 10 pick? You're too stuck on value, man. I'm asking you, what gets you more dynamic on offense? I'm stuck on numbers. Only two tight ends have ever gone top 10 in my lifetime, Brent. And that's Vernon Davis and Kellen Winslow. I remember watching Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis ran a 4-3. All right, you can put him at receiver. You can put him at tight end. The guy put up crazy numbers. He also had a 42-inch vertical yeah. and a 10-8 broad jump. And he went number six. Winslow was a bust. Winslow was, yeah, Winslow wasn't that but good. But he had other problems. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do you see this TJ Hawkinson kid and be like, oh, this is definitely top 10 talent? By the way, Vernon Davis would go in top 10 by far right now go, because yeah. it's a different day and age even for tight ends. They're more valued, True. in my opinion. True. Hey, what is everybody saying? We've got a lot of responses. We'll check in with those, and you can give us a call, 362-9901, next. My problem with Mel Kuyper's pick again. On ESPN 690. All right, so here's the deal. I'm on a – so I'm trying to get going on this diet. 
Right. It's doing a solid. real bad job eating those cheese it's over there. Well, that's the thing. It's like so. Here's what you wrestle with. One, like I just don't. It, it's really hard to get going on on anything like this. Every, everybody tries them, right? Or most people do. And I'm not. This isn't like a hardcore. Like Coos has been. You still going Coos? You've been religious about it. Yeah, man. Uh, down to uh, 175 now. So. What did you start at? 176. 190. Oh, <laughs> uh, 190. Man. You, yeah. were, you were a little chubby. A gentleman's 175, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing is, and, and you're talking about the food. Like, I, I was having the same thing where I'm like, oh, God, I really want pizza. I really want that. And now I've just gotten to a point where, like, I actually feel sick if I eat that now. Yeah. So well, I don't want it. I'm like a three-week guy on this stuff, okay? I need three weeks to That's about fully right, yeah. get invested. And once I am, I'm locked in. Like, I... I it doesn't bother me. Like, I'll I'll be in here. I'll eat a smoothie from mm-hmm. Smoothie King during the show. I'll have my water. I won't drink soda. Uh, I, I We're going to have to see about the coffee if Ten I can coffee limit the coffee a little bit because that's always Ten been cups. kind of a little helper. When that's I all right. I, I, I have two or three cups of coffee a day. So Yeah, well, I have like six or seven, so I'm trying to knock that down. But Friday evening's uh, meal probably did not help. Friday that, evening's meal. Uh, was that Crystal? Uh, that would be the Crystal. At like one in the Daytona. morning? Yeah, it Ooh, took us like a half hour delicious. to get it, too. But, yeah, that did it not did help. take a while, yeah. But I knew I was on the other side. I was going to eat better. So, actually, the long story short of this is, so now I try to get rid of some of the carbs. Everybody's on the lack, less carbs, no carb thing. Keto, yep. Yeah, and I'm not going all the way there. But I understand it. Less carbs, better. I'm, I still believe if you eat, like, 1,400 calories a day, you're mm-hmm. going to lose weight. You know, and if you work out. Well, that, that's science. I mean, if you burn more calories than you take in, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, like, so I don't get wrapped up in all the Dr. other stuff. Austin. But I will I will put it around 1,400, 1,500 calories. If I can stay around that, I feel like I'm going to be in good shape. Now, I understand the carb thing. You're not supposed to have a lot. So I'm trying. So this morning, I don't eat much. And then I have a salad with a little blue cheese on it. So I'm like, I'm in no carbville right now mm-hmm. until like 2 o'clock. But then it hits me that the other day, depleted. the other day I bought these Cheez-Its, family size, buy one get one free. And you got to get rid of them. Oh, well, and, the, and, and now the, the problem is you got to get rid of them. Yeah, I, extra I know. Toasty what you do. Yeah, Dang, man. I extra mean, toasty. So this is just like a little snack I like to nibble on. That was like my first day of the diet was eating everything I wasn't allowed to eat so that I got rid of it so that I could start the diet. <laughs> so that is a bulk box too, by the way. That is the moral of the story, though. That's Family a, size. That's yeah. a battle. And by the way, this was buy one, get one free, so I have one at home too. Of course you do. But I haven't opened that one. Like this one I opened. So my, my point is, like you want to go get get after this diet. I worked out today. I'm drinking more water. I feel like I'm doing a little bit better. But I also don't want to waste what I already have. Treat yourself, Brent. <laughs> Treat yourself. Have some Cheez-Its. How long will this last? Like, when do I have to get rid of everything? Like, in the next two to three days? You don't have to get rid of everything. I mean, just have it in moderation. I would just say follow that calorie count and you're good. Yeah, Yeah. I'll be good. All right. That worked for me last year when I did that, so. Yeah, it does. I mean, I do it every year. So, I like, I again, I'll get into the groove of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It does get a little harder when you get older. I'm starting to realize that. Just come train MMA with me, Brent. We'll get you, right? I'm not sure. Maybe in, like, two weeks I'll feel like that. Okay. I had a hard time doing 150 jump ropes today. So who's the invitation on the table for you too, as well? We should do a bit where we get someone to film us trying to do Austin's workout. I was thinking uh, of that sparring for sure, and it, it wouldn't oh. be a bit; it would be real life. I and would, it would be I painful. Would wonder if I, could I make it through a, uh, an MMA workout? Mm. Nothing to the face, by the way. Uh, TV man, rules. Man, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, long-term disability because of that. So I don't, I don't know what type of shape you're in, Brent. So it's hard to say. It's it's rough. Like like my fight camp workouts right now, they're not fun. Yeah, I mean I'm the struggling. training for it. I don't mean getting hit. 
No, yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. So, so like we have like a cardio circuit and everything set up, and like a like a high interval training circuit. So. I think I could do it. Okay, I do. Interesting. I mean, not like right now. Like, but give me two weeks. How's your uh, sh- sh- shoulder endurance these days? I'm weak in the shoulders. Well, Does he have uh, to throw a BP or or what? Well, I, I don't know. A Stuart, one of the big things in MMA is punching, so he's got to have pretty good <laughs> shoulder endurance. <laughs> Huh. It's probably true, but I'm I'm thinking more from cardio for Brent because I, I don't as well, someone I'm who works in right TV now, I don't want him to get punched. Shoulder endurance is cardio, and so is core. So okay. he, those two things got to be on if, point, or I'm not even gonna let you come into the gym. If it's one thing I've learned is I was I I thought I was here, and I was I was like ground level when I started at the at the other gym, and they have me mm-hmm. doing like you know like supersets and stuff like that, and I'll be halfway through like oh my I didn't there's no way I can get yep. through this. Yeah. So Brent, so what I need you to do? Need you go to Target or something or Dick Sporting Goods? I'm gonna need you to buy uh, about a five pound dumbbell, two okay. of them actually. I'm gonna need you to do about maybe 200, uh, you know, of these, and then 200 of like the front, like yeah, the raises. front ones. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to do those about twice or three times a day, and then come back and talk to me. All right. How many do I have to do? I don't do, do, I don't do like a thousand a day. I don't know. Get, get your muscle endurance right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And we're starting from I, I square say, one here. This is the first first time ever in my life that I do feel like I've lost muscle. Yeah. Like in the last year, mm-hmm. I just haven't. I mean, I, I was like, I'll jump rope and I do some push-ups mm-hmm. and I'll plank. Like, I, I do sets of those. Planks are good. Planks are great. But uh, we used to go on runs over at UNF. Haven't had any of those in a while. I haven't in a while. No. no. Um, so I, I don't know where my muscle mass is. I can. Go, I'm going to come do a workout though. See, I just don't want you to get like, addicted to it. All of a sudden, like you want to start fighting, and then I'm your family is begging me to get you out of there. There's not a. There's not I'm an the bad ounce, guy. There's not an ounce of my body that wants to fight. You'd be surprised, bro. Nope. The that thought no, of getting punched. Nature kind of turns me away. From like that. I said, do you know? Do you realize that? Like because I work in TV, like I cannot get. I think I could, but it'd be super expensive. Like you cannot get long-term disability. Really? Like if, if say like I got punched and they say you like broke my orbital. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I've done that before. Um, I haven't done it to myself. I've done it to somebody before. And yeah. and I couldn't I go on it. TV for a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, they won't give it to you. Well, I assume like the whole cauliflower ears too is probably frowned upon as well, right? Probably in the TV business. Yeah. Ears show up on camera. Yeah. Yes. My my left one's starting. I think we'll see. <laughs> It, it sucks can you this feel like when right that now. happens? Oh, yeah, I can feel it. Because, like, you know, the, the cartilage breaks down in your ear. Well, so. in radio, you'll have a headset over it, so you're good. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the thing, though. It sucks because it hurts <laughs> my, my ear right now with this headset, so we'll see. Uh, but, uh, interesting. Um, we get a lot of uh, responses on the whole Hawkinson thing. Uh, let's see. Hey, my buddy Mike K chimed in just moments ago. Foles uh, needs weapons to survive, especially big targets, so probably tight end. There you go. Uh, what else we got? See, we, Mike K. We, we keep mentioning Foles here, but we're missing somebody from uh, what Mel Kuyper oh, said yeah, in go his mock draft. Go ahead and get mad. Can, can I get mad now? Yeah, go ahead. Brent, I'm Take mad because, you know what? Yeah, and I'm blaming you. This is all your fault. <laughs> because, hey, let's be honest. I'm sure Mel Kuyper's a big fan of ESPN 690. Absolutely. He, he always gets his Jaguar information from us. And uh, I'm tied been, in. You've been campaigning on your soapbox the past two weeks now about getting Teddy Bridgewater. No, 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 no. This what has not been a campaign. I've just been telling you what I think is going to happen. So here's what Mel Kuyper says. And I'm not going to read all of it, but this is an exact quote from his mock draft. Uh, he says, seventh pick, Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle, Florida. And here's what he says about it. I'm sticking with offensive linemen for the Jacksonville Jaguars here, as I believe the organization is more likely to go after a veteran quarterback like Mick Foles or Teddy Bridgewater over a rookie. So he's saying Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in 
and we're, we're all good. We're fine. No yeah, worries. See, I disagree with him there. So I, do I. I, I, I disagree. That's why I'm upset. If you get a Bridgewater, I still think you're going probably young QB. Absolutely. How um, can you not? But So I think this example that I'm, we're in here, we're talking about offensive line versus tight end, I think is really only for Foles. That's the only guy that you're getting out there and say, okay, uh, nothing else. Now, listen, uh, bringer of rain uh, on Twitter, dmarshall16, we don't like rain, uh, says, no, not even close, quite possibly the most overrated position on the field is tight end. Really? Really? I, I With all due respect, I, I couldn't like, disagree with you more. It's like the next big thing, if you ask me. I mean, it's, like, it's the day and age of the NFL. Uh, first Coast Bubbler. Got to love when he gets he get to say Bubbler on the radio. Uh, forget Foles. He's full goal. Well, I'm going to stop right there because this is all about if you have Foles. Uh, Tom Leonard, OL all the way. Offensive line all the way. Sean Donald, O-line, then tight end. Everyone's sleeping on Nauta, who will be there in the third or fourth. Isaac Nauta from Georgia. Uh, there is some depth, no doubt, at the tight end position. Uh, Lieutenant Dan says tackle seems to have depth this year. Uh, Mike and Jax, sure. <laughs> Not very confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Preston, the question is going to be, where do you get better value? Hockett 7 or Irv slash Fant at 39? I don't think Fant slipping to 39, first of all. If you grab the Florida right tackle in round one or Jonah Williams if he falls, could you grab a right tackle, right guard that can start right away in round two? I think you take the tackle early and bank on Irv or Fant late. It, that's fine. That's what we're asking about. That's a, that's a good uh, that's a good response. So. We'll keep the, the responses coming. You can also give us a call, 362-9901. We'll revisit this topic because Mel Kuyper's got a draft, uh, a mock draft out. You disagree with some of it. But also, I just think we, we're we not talking enough maybe about this tight end. If this kid's really good and the Jags view him that way, I'm not sure I'd be shocked if they picked him at number seven. Better put up Vernon Davis numbers. Stuart Weber checks in some more. Coming up next on ESPN 690, Daytona 500. How'd you like it? I do have an MMA question for you, but it's not going to happen right now. It'll happen a little bit later, and I think it's, uh, I kind of can't wait for the answer. Bring it. Brett Martin of Austin Lane, Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber, Coos. We're all here on a Monday in studio after being on the road a couple of days last week. Thanks for checking us out on ESPN690.com. New website. And that means you can go and there's a contest page and check out the Players' Championship. How about a couple tickets to the Captain's Club at the Players' Championship? You can win. All you have to do is go register, ESPN690.com. Check out the new website. We also have a new show logo. Oh, we do have that, too. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on when we mention the podcast. But the Players' Championship, it's coming up. It's, uh, you know, less than 25 days away. I think it's 22 22, days away. And what's better than the Players' Championship and Happy Hour? And it's time for the Happy Hour Horn. Grab a drink, get a shot, and sip your star tenders. (laughs) I had to uh, wait till Austin finished completely eating his mid-commercial snack Mm -hmm. to get to the Happy Hour Horn. Well, you know. Thanks for doing that, man. I appreciate it. That was a it. stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, you like the new logo. Lo- like it is an understatement. Love the new logo. Yeah. A lot of positive feedback. A lot of people starting to murmur in the community. They're all loving it, Brent. Yeah. The beard part, too. Looks, oh, yeah. Looks James Harden-esque. Hey, no, I'm going to be honest. Beard <laughs> is a little aggressive. Beard <laughs> is a little aggressive in the picture. But I'm not mad at it, man. That's like something I'm, I'm trying to aspire to be. It's for you to so grow into. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a little motivation logo. for me. We needed a logo, so... Uh, 
hopefully uh, everybody likes it. Go check it out. You can check it out on the podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I'm sure uh, we'll have it on the website soon enough, but uh, also put it on Instagram where Austin is not and on Facebook and, and Twitter. So uh, it's out there uh, now if you haven't seen it. By the way, uh, big thanks to Rich Connolly. He's a guy that I uh, met up in Albany, New York back in the day. And he's always helped me out with those kind of projects. And Rich does uh, a great job. Yeah, man. I he does a great it. job. He's, he's really a cool follow, like on uh, his Facebook, because he does all sorts of people. You know, some people I've never even heard of, so some don't sure. register with me. But then, like a lot of famous ones, just like in his spare time, or uh, and they're kind of it's kind of cool to see how his interpretation of it. So uh, hopefully, you can check out the new logo and always check out the podcast. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN690.com. All right, we had a good time uh, at Daytona in the last week. Uh, Daytona 500, I think, was pretty good. By the way, ratings were pretty good. If you're complaining about how long the race took in the last 90 minutes, guess what? That helped ratings because people were turning over and talking about it and flipping to it. And it, There's two different ways to go when you're NASCAR. Boring race or... So many crashes that it takes a while to finish. Yeah, you, you can't and, have both ways. And and we were about to say boring race, by the way. Like yeah. Jeff Gordon and those guys liked the race because there was something to it if you really like racing. But that's not the appeal here. We're trying to get to the, the average fan, the average viewer, the person checking in for the Daytona 500 in, in their Super Bowl of racing. And, you know, whether you want to say side drafting is fun or not, most people don't unless cars and sparks start flying. Well, it was wild that I was here in Jacksonville. My uncle lives down in St. Augustine. That big crash had just happened, and uh, it was time to go down. We were going down there for dinner, and the entire drive, I was like, oh, I'm going to miss. You know, there's only 10 laps left. I'm going to miss it. <laughs> I get down there. They're like, quick, quick, you can see the winner. I was like, it's still going? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it takes a while to clean, clean up 21 yeah. wrecks, man. Red, yeah, red yeah. flag will happen. By the way, you got to love HD, HDTV as well. You know, I mean, to that melee, that slow motion when the cars get lifted and stuff, it's great for that, – that's why TV will always exist. <laughs> you say that. Uh, for me, I still haven't fully seen all of the wrecks because I was in the pits preparing for the reaction from the winning crews. Yeah. Uh, and you don't see a TV in some of those spots. Well, so even like in the, Victory Lane, it's yeah. like that. You have really two small TVs, probably, you know, the size of these two monitors here. But they're not like it's not like on these giant board in Victory Lane. You're kind of you got to huddle around these small TVs. It's it's always so funny when you cover big sport events. You don't see it you like the, the people see it. It's, it's you have the worst view uh, most of the time. And now you can flip around. And you can see the cars cross. So if there's a crash at the start finish line, well, then it's great. Yeah. But how often is there a crash at the start finish line? Correct. Especially at a place like Daytona where the track is so big that the higher up you are, the better you are. So the front row seats are. Actually, the back row seats, if you want to look at it that way. It's a, an interesting part about NASCAR, and especially the big tracks like Daytona. Well, you're a NASCAR guy. You know, we heard it yesterday. I, th I thought it was really interesting perspective. Everybody talks about it. We talked about it last week. Is NASCAR dying? Is NASCAR this? We've, we mentioned it all the time. Losing big stars. That's reality. But what I thought was pretty interesting is Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Joe Gibbs, two of the big names in the sport today, uh, both acknowledged yesterday, one before the race, one after the race, when they were talking to the media that, you know what, this is a tough time for NASCAR. This is, uh, we're, we're trying to find ourselves, we're doing this, this. Yet both of them were very, very positive about the future of NASCAR. Joe Gibbs, like really positive. And this is a guy that's been around a lot of different things and seen a lot of different things. I could see why Junior would be real positive. I mean, you sure. love the sport. You're always. He even said, he said, listen, I'm always going to defend it. But 
There's something in the works, and I can't quite figure it out, Stuart. What's in the works to help buoy NASCAR past where it is right now and take it into whatever the next five, ten years are? They think it's going to be the quality of the racing, and and so much of that has to do with the new rules package that kicks in this week in Atlanta. This past race at Daytona was the the last race under the current rules uh, to where you had just that normal kind of Daytona pack racing uh, where it was front to, front to tail all the way around, and then things get dicey at the end when uh, when people try to get everything they can and know that you can throw caution to the wind. Uh, the interesting thing about this Daytona race is that, like you were mentioning earlier on the show, last one for these cars, right? So the cars didn't matter. In the driver's meeting before the race, the president of NASCAR came in and said, hey, guys, if you want to use that lower line, uh, feel free to. Yeah. Because you talk about the clash. You talk about the Saturday race, the Xfinity race, uh, even the duels. Everyone was taking that high line and sticking to it. There was no back and forth between the two racing lines. There was no guys getting strung out in the middle when you're going three wide and things like that. Uh, so obviously they were able to do that. And I was talking to our friend Andrew who works for uh, the track, Andrew Booth, and he was saying that a lot of that had to do with the temperature too. Uh, you bring that heat in, it kind of opens up that bottom lane a little bit because just the way the track temps work and less slipping and sliding if you just want to think about it in a, it's amazing. a simple way. It's amazing all that, that factors into yeah, it. Yeah, it, it is. It absolutely is. And, and so I think I think a lot of the optimism comes with this week and, and that new rules package. I mean, a lot of the questioning, even at Media Day, wasn't as geared towards the Daytona 500 as it was towards that new package where you're talking about a higher spoiler uh, that's going to be a big part of it. You're talking about uh, cars being able to to move around a little more, to be able to make passes more and more. So I think they think, they being NASCAR, think that this is going to be a solution uh, for what was perceived, you can call it boring racing last year, where you got a couple guys dominating, where maybe now you'll have you know more people mixing it up. And, and we just have to see it to see. Yeah, see it to see. I like that. Very good. Um I I don't get the the sport to those depths of how the that will change and that's why from a viewing standpoint we just have to see it. You know, talking about it, you know, for the next 5 days even won't matter much. We just have to see it. I think some of the other thing some of the other things are going to be fascinating. A guy the the failed inspection, like a guy wins a race and 30 minutes later they find out that his car failed inspection and then they go and take that victory away from him. Now, that's going to be something. Mm-hmm. Where does that happen in sports? I mean, it took five years to take the Heisman Trophy away from Reggie Bush. <laughs> you know, it takes 10 years to take wins away from a coach who cheated. It doesn't have. Is there any other sport that does that? Like if you if you are found cheating within well, an hour, you take it's. Well, MMA does that where if you fail a drug test and it comes back, then they take your title away or something like that. But, so but, in all but that drug test probably takes some time to yeah. come in, right? Uh, I mean, I remember what John Jones, I think, tested positive like three or four days after the fight. Okay. So, But it's even a few days after the fight. I mean, no, we're talking sure, yeah, about yeah, being yeah. at the track. A guy's yeah. in victory lane. Yeah. And I, do you know the timing of that? Weber, I mean, do you know how 
Didn't they say when we were at media day? Didn't he say it's going to be like 30 minutes after or something? Yeah, essentially they're just gonna they're gonna take it straight to the inspection area and they'll have 30, 45 minutes, something like that. Jeez. And everything they can do to check and look, they have that time period. And that's it. And that's it. So if you can cheat the system, correct. And it, it doesn't and mean Clint, it's going to stop cheating, right? And Clint Boyer, <laughs> Clint Boyer made that point. He's like, this is this is how it's always been in racing for us growing up as kids and going on short tracks and things like that. Right afterwards, you win the race. They look at your car. They can do whatever they want to it for that amount of time. If they don't catch anything, you're in the clear. You're in the clear. And that's how he feels like it should be. And yeah. I agree with that. And, and what had happened was they would do the two-day thing. It was basically like they were drug testing the car, mm-hmm. you know? And so they would have to wait for it to come back. And then what they would do, though, is they wouldn't strip the trophy away or take the trophy away. They would just uh, – fines – Maybe suspensions if it was severe for a crew chief, and then also the points, points, which which impact the playoffs and everything else. But for some of the drivers, it's not big. If you're already if if you're way ahead, then it's probably not a big deal. So I think that part of this is going to be pretty interesting uh, to see. Hey, when we come back, there was one really good thing for for NASCAR yesterday, and I'll tell you what it was. And the other part of it is, I want to know. I'm putting out there right now on uh, social media. What did you watch on Sunday? Was it golf? Was it NASCAR? Was it the AAF? Was it? Well, I'm talking about that window. UFC wasn't on until like 8, right? Yeah. That was up against the NBA. Yeah. So, but in this window from like 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock-ish, there was a pretty good golf with Tiger not really in the mix, but he was playing NASCAR and, of course, the Orlando Apollos, this new football league people have been checking out on Saturdays and Sundays. What did you watch? Give us a buzz. Let us know. 362-9901 on ESPN 690. What's that one, man? That's too long. I can't read it. My parents taught me not to believe everything I see on TV. Now I teach them not to believe everything they see on Facebook. The tables have turned. By the way, that was good teamwork right there. Yeah, that was was a team effort for sure. The thing about it is, so I've got this... uh, I've got the video up that every that some people are seeing. If you're watching on Facebook or on uh, Periscope, YouTube, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. We just actually put another video there. I'll get into that in a moment. But uh, Action Sports Jacks on YouTube. But I, it's so small that when, like, I don't have it full screen because I've got other things up. I can. It's really hard for me to read, and my eyes are going bad. So uh, there's that's twofold. All right, let's uh, stay on this for another for another moment or two. Why was that such a big day for NASCAR? And and who knows where it leads? Uh, listen, a lot of times the Daytona 500, it's so big, and then we forget about everything else for a long time. And I'm not just talking here. I'm talking NASCAR. I mean, Atlanta, you forget about things until the big ones, right? Like Talladega, or it comes back to Daytona, or, or, or the playoff chase, and there's one that you like. So that's reality in the sport of NASCAR right now, and they understand that too. Yeah, they have their diehards, and their diehards know what race is next and what's after that, and, and they're going to keep track of it. But uh, as far as the casual fans, they're going to watch the Daytona 500. They might watch the Coke 600 at Charlotte later on in the year. They'll watch the Brickyard yeah. when they go to Indy. Yeah. A little Talladega, hoping to see Ricky Bobby. You know, <laughs> I got to ask you, you know, being the NASCAR expert that you are, um, is Bristol still a big race? Because like when I was a kid, Bristol was the race to watch because that's where the most crashes were and everything. It was the fastest race. Is it still kind of like that, or yeah, it kind of no, died uh, down? Yeah, they still love Bristol and Darlington uh-huh. for that that small track, Martinsville. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, it's a different kind of racing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish it had more more of a following from the the 
the generic fan. Yeah, Bristol. They always think Daytona, awesome. but like a lot of the smaller track ones are a lot more fun to watch because you'll mix it up more. Yeah, Weber's going to Darlington, uh, I think, Labor Day weekend, That's right? That's the plan, yeah. yeah. A little Sunday night uh, throwback race. They do a throwback every year, so all the drivers do different paint schemes. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, this year they're doing early 90s. All right. Which no. is, is not that, that far back? Well, they've done they've done like <laughs> too old. They've done <laughs> a different decade, so you know you're you're, yeah, you're that's just fine. I mean, one. listen, look, it's almost thirty years ago. Thirty yeah. years ago, so uh, I guess that is a throwback. I, uh, I thought it was a good day, though. Here's what I was hoping for: Michael McDowell would have been fun, right? Who was the other kid? Priest. Yeah, Ryan Priest, yeah. rookie. I was I was right between their two pits, by the oh, way. That would have been a great reaction. Was, either one of those would have been an amazing reaction. So that's where I positioned myself, hoping to get one of them to win. We had on our pre-race show 2001 odds to win for Michael McDowell, and he was running in the top five at the end, like had a chance. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. I like it. Like as a, if you like sports, you love that underdog story. Isn't that cool? I wanted Jimmy Damn, Johnson. I wish I put a hundred bucks on it. Type of moment, you know. Not an underdog, <laughs> but I wanted Jimmy Johnson and his 80 percent of a car to finish. In first yeah, place. he didn't have much. Half of his car was falling off. The, the whole left rear quarter panel was gone. But here's why it was a great win for NASCAR, because Denny Hamlin wins. And not because of Denny Hamlin, but because of Joe Gibbs racing and the story. And the story now, and, and this sounds awful to say, but I mean, it's, it's I, I said it last night on TV, it's basically, uh, you know, the worst of times and then the best of times for Joe Gibbs, his family and, and their racing team. I mean, they, he just lost his son at 49 years old, um, January 11th, after battling a neurological disease for four years. Yeah, and so and and the whole story is how J.D. Gibbs helped find uh, Denny Hamlin, and they've been together since. I mean, the racing teams move and go, and sponsorships. Well, this one's been together uh, for a long time, and so to the point where, and you're going to hear some audio. I think we have it, uh, Coos, right? We got some uh, Denny Hamlin. And uh, Joe Gibbs, do we have that ready to go? That's it. Oh, okay. Oh, you got that. Nah, don't worry about that then. Um, but in the post-race, he says, it's the greatest experience of my life. I mean, we're talking about Joe Gibbs. The guy's won Super Bowls. Uh, yeah. This guy's been a legend in, in sports uh, in the Washington area and now very good in the NASCAR uh, stuff too. So that's how big of a moment it was. And I think that story plays out over – you know, not just last night and into today, but it's a feel-good story that will transcend the sport of NASCAR a little bit, which helps. It does. It just helps, and it's a cool story. It's a it's it's a sad story on one end, but it's a great story on the other end. And uh, it's a big name guy, not necessarily Hamlin, but in Joe Gibbs Racing, and they went one, two, three. So I think that's a good thing for the sport. It's it's a help. You always wonder who's going to win. Where's the storyline going to be? We talk about that a lot, and uh, this has some staying power, I think, which doesn't hurt for NASCAR. Yeah, because this is this is the the week of the year that the the NASCAR champion from whatever race now makes the rounds. So they're going to be on Good Morning America, I think, tomorrow. They're going to ring the closing bell at That's right. the stock exchange. They're going to go on this media blitz throughout the country. Uh, and, oh, by the way, there's still another race this weekend, uh, which we were talking about this on the drive home. You can pretty much throw away Denny's performance in this next race in Atlanta because he is not going to be prepared for it. There's just no way around it. He is just locked in on this media tour right now of spreading the name of not only NASCAR but Joe Gibbs Racing, this story, of course, uh, with JD, apparently both their favorite numbers were 11. By yeah. the way, there's there's so many of those deep ties. I just like wow, there's there's so and, much to that and, story. And Hamlin's got the Jumpman brand. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. Jordan's birthday yesterday. 
and he's buddies with Michael Jordan. I mean, he was talking about after the race, just conversations like, I guess Jordan's a pretty big NASCAR fan. He always, he's IndyCar, too. I'm pretty sure he sponsors some drivers and whatnot, so he's really into racing. Yeah. I'm so sure he's bored. It, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Needs something to do. Uh, so pretty, I, I just think overall it's a good, I like the 500. I like the week. But after that, I kind of, I kind of put it aside. And I think a lot of people do around here, but I think a lot of people do in general. And I think this one might have a little bit of staying power. It's, it's a, it, it, it'll be a cool thing for the sport and Denny Hamlin. I'm interested to see where NASCAR. I'm not as um, pessimistic about the sport as some other people are. I definitely am not either. I mean, there's so many moments that I can think of just from last year. Uh, as far as some really competitive good stuff, I know you had a lot of wins from Harvick and Bush and Truex. But you think about, like, the, the Dale Jr. call at Chicago. Slide job! It's a slide job! You know, that, that first race that he did where he got all excited about a, a racing move at the end as it was really getting dicey. You talk about Jimmy Johnson uh, with that cutoff race for the, the chase at the, the Roval of Charlotte where he gets spun out with Truex going for the finish line trying to get that win. I mean, there was a ton of great moments. It's just... For the casual fan, you know, yeah, that's the who you're talking about. Gotta say, great moments for Stewart. He likes, he enjoys it. He, you know, he watches a lot. He grew up on it a little bit. And there are people out, a lot of people in Jacksonville. I say that a lot. A lot of people in Jacksonville. Great ratings here in town. Yes. I Which mean, is why again, we talk about it every Saturday night on Action Sports Jacks. I, I know some people, like you talk NASCAR right now, like they're rolling their eyes. I'm saying a lot of people that love it and still watch it and and it's again especially right here i don't know if you find that up where i grew up in new england but you definitely find it right here uh so you said it though they need some of these personalities to yeah. come to life and, and, and we said that the, the pre-race show but, but yeah. that we said in the pre-race show but that's what they think this could have if they have closer rates racing and better racing then some of the anger rivalries right? some of the rivalries some of the hey getting out of the car and punching someone once in a while is it like some of the road rage on a track not on I-95, but on a track, is not a bad thing. So that can help buoy the sport. It's it's what helped make the sport. Stuart, I know he kind of had a bad race. Um, I think he was involved in that big pileup or whatever, but a guy like Bubba Wallace, does he have the potential to be a star? Because he, he is, you know, he's obviously a black driver and everything. So do you, I mean, he, he's a good driver. You know, I mean, I remember watching last year, I didn't watch a lot of races, but it seemed like whatever the channel of the races were on, they always try to show footage of him. You know, they kind of hype him up a little bit. Does he have the potential to kind of be a, like a, I don't want to say a worldwide star, but sure. definitely a, a star, NASCAR the, star. Yeah, a NASCAR star? I think if he's successful in NASCAR, he absolutely has the ability to be a bigger star than that sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about a guy like Lewis Hamilton with Formula One, kind yep. of the same situation there, yeah. where he tra- transcended that sport because of how good he was. And it, I think that, and this this sounds awful to say, as long as he's racing for Richard Petty Motorsports, I don't think he has a chance to be a star. They're a single-car team. They they don't have that team mentality. You know, in NASCAR, it's all about resources. And while he's got great resources with the name of the best driver of all time in Richard Petty, you don't have three other guys out there turning laps providing data that's going to help you become a better driver and your strategies. If he's not on a team like Gibbs or Hendrick or Penske, one of these teams, it's hard to say because I love Richard Petty. I love that, that story of him in the 43 is he going to win a race or two in the 43? Sure. 
Is he going to win five races a year in the 43? Absolutely and not. And points championships. And points championships not, yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he needs to use this as a stepping stone. It's only his second year in the top level. Mm-hmm. Last year was his rookie year. Yeah. So I absolutely think Bubba Wallace has the ability to do that. I mean, he's he's great on social media. He's great with the fans. And those are two huge things when you're talking about a fan access sport yeah. like NASCAR. So. And I'm speaking we'll from, you know, obviously yeah. the casual fan standpoint where obviously I, if I've heard of him, you know, he must be pretty popular. So, yeah, well, obviously he's, he's a black guy and a white yeah. man sport. Yeah. And the other part of that, though, is there's been like, listen, Randy Moss owned trucks. I think he might still own a truck. I don't think he does it. Maybe he owned a truck team in the truck series. You're talking about Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty is a team in heavily the top involved. Series. I saw him yesterday yeah. at the track. Uh, so, I mean, minorities are involved in mm-hmm. racing, but not to that level where he's the face, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one part I I wonder about with Bubba Wallace. And we've interviewed Bubba, but he's kind of low-key, at least when we've interviewed him. Does he embrace that and carry that flag of saying, hey, I'm different. This is different. We can bring a whole new generation and yeah, a whole new audience in, but I'll that. be that. Come on board. You know, you have to be willing. Yeah. You have to be willing to do that. You know, I mean, even Tiger, for all his greatness, he doesn't say the stuff LeBron James will say from a social issue standpoint, mm-hmm. right? He didn't want to do that. But LeBron, does, so you have to be a willing participant when it comes to those and, kind of yeah, things. Yeah, that adds pressure. I mean, you look at Danica when she was the only female in the sport. You had all these extra eyes on her because of that. Yeah. Where maybe with Bubba, if you have a few other drivers who maybe look like him, it maybe takes the pressure off a little bit, and, and you want that. You want that diversity uh, and in stock car racing, and you hope that his presence there shows guys that, hey, we can go up there and, and make it. Well, and the same thing with Lewis Hamilton, too. It's not like he embraces that role. Like, I'm, sure. I'm like the black driver. I mean, right. He doesn't do that. He, he just wins, and he yeah. dominates, you know? So and he, he has the, win races. And he has the best team in all of Formula 1, that which is – He's also tied to Nicky Minaj for a while, too, they were dating, supposedly. Supposedly. Oh. Good for him. Oh. Nicki Minaj. I thought you were going to say Nicki Lauda, and then I'm like, no, we're going a different direction. No, no, Nicki Minaj. Hey, I, I asked, uh, what were you watching yesterday afternoon in that afternoon window? Some of your responses and Ballin' and Fallin' next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Florida Gators got a win. Over the weekend, Florida State wins again. UNF basketball wins, too. It's a log jam in the A-Sun in the middle of the pack. And you got the River City Rumble coming up on Wednesday, so that will be fun. We'll talk about that middle of the week. But uh, one thing, I'm probably not going to do it today. I had it for today, but I think we'll do tomorrow. I want to start projecting a little bit. The Gators are interesting when it comes to hoops. Can they make the NCAA tournament? Where is Florida State going to be? Uh, from a seed standpoint, how much can they gain over these last couple of weeks? College basketball is starting to get interesting. This is where if you're even a casual observer, you're probably checking it out more and more. The brackets are about to be posted uh, in less than a month. So uh, fun time of year in college basketball. And Florida State is a good basketball team. Outside of that, the local interest teams are having a hard time getting everybody fired up about hoops uh, because Florida is not that good. Uh, UNF and JU have had their struggles, so it's hard to kind of latch on, and I get it. Uh, but as we get closer to March, it's always a fun thing. And, of course, the NCAA tournament coming to Jacksonville as well. Uh, wanted to, I had asked before uh, uh, the break or sometime in the last segment, I don't know when I asked, but uh, what did you watch during that afternoon window? And the rating was like a 9.5, I think, or a 10 rating in Jacksonville, which would have been probably top 7 or 8 in the country market. It wasn't top 5, I saw but it's definitely top 10. So NASCAR, Daytona 500 did a good job. I didn't get ratings for the AAF game. 
Was that on NFL Network or CBS Sports Network, the 4 o'clock game? Do you remember? Uh, that, that would have been the Orlando one? Yeah. That was on CBS Network. Yes, and yeah. I just didn't – the ratings I get for TV, I didn't get to see that. I asked down Orlando because I did a poll question earlier in the day. I said, what will do a bigger number, Daytona 500 or the AAF? I'm interested. I haven't gotten results on that. But uh, And then there was golf going on as well. Anyway. Uh, Jay Ball in 24 says he was watching NASCAR in that afternoon window. Again, this excludes the NBA All-Star game and the UFC fighting. Yep. This is before 8 o'clock. I'm talking like 4 to 8 o'clock. Uh, Submarine Mike, our guy from the Jacksonville Iceman, Whiteboard Magic. I was uh, at Daytona all week, plus 500. It was the most, sporting, most watched sporting event this weekend. Uh, according to somebody, AAF. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's like a Twitter name. I don't know who oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's hard to read off Twitter news. sometimes. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Rob Freeman says uh, AAF until the Masters is on. Golf season has not started for me. Hey, dude. Rob, go Gator. Rob, if Tiger Woods is playing, golf is started. Or the Swagger Hound. Iceman DLG. I just got a little upset there for a moment. All in on the uh, AAF, never liked basketball on TV, much prefer high school or college hoops live, NASCAR, meh, haven't watched in a very long time. Not even the Daytona 500? Come on, man. Uh, Orc 0909, some of these, had, I, I've, I'm telling you, Twitter is hard to read. I actually drove down to San Antonio from Austin to watch the AAF game. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't quite an NFL game, but still pretty cool with a decent turnout, even with less than 30,000 parking was rough. Hey, Kuz, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have the Spurrier cut? Do you? All right, take a look. This, so he says he went down to San Antonio. Yeah. Spurrier with a classic one. The game's in San Antonio. Post game, they yep. win, right, 36-29. This is why people love Steve coach, Spurrier, man. man. The old ball coach in front of a mic right after the game, he killed it. This is not an easy atmosphere to play in. It was very loud at times. How did you combat the noise? I think it was just as loud as Rocky Top, to tell you the truth. Uh, and I know the swamp is maybe a little bit. That's awesome. 30,000 people. 30,000 people Shots in San Antonio. Have been funny. 100,000 at Rocky Top. Hey, Rocky Top. Blah, blah. <laughs> Listen, you know us. Like, we're not gator people. We're not. That's hilarious. No, that's funny. Man. I mean, that's good stuff. That's funny. <laughs> that was so classic. That's why that guy is beloved in Gainesville and beyond. I mean, he is just gold. And can we also get to the point right now, Brent, where I don't think you need coffee anymore. You just need someone to talk smack about Tiger Woods and you're good to go. Because now, now you're fired up. Like, I, this is, I this is your Brent Martin now again. And I, I did. Uh, yeah. Samuel says, by the way, neither I'll start watching AAF once I'm football hungry again. Um I got to get the new logo. I will forward that to to you. Uh, no, let's see where else. That was it. That was it on the what they watch. But I think I might have just had balling with Steve Spurrier. Mm-hmm. But it's time to get into balling and fall. But I'll I'll give you the results of the ratings if I get them from the AAF. I'm still interesting. And in, I thought Orlando was the interesting watch for that market mm-hmm. because they're hooked onto the AAF. Uh, they had a good crowd. Yeah. And they open her twenty one thousand. There seems like there's some support for it. It's fun, but. Up against the Daytona 500, and Orlando's not necessarily an historically great market mm-hmm. for the Daytona 500. Like this is a good one. Jacksonville's good. Birmingham's unbelievable. Charlotte's really good. But Orlando doesn't usually fit in that. So I'm, once those numbers come out, I'll pass them along because I think it's pretty interesting. How much has this AAF caught on? Even though people would have to go find it on CBS Sports Network a little bit. Well, let's get the ball and fall. You want to go first or should I? Um, all right, I'll go because I just tried it a moment ago. Yeah. From uh, last night's NBA All-Star game, and I failed miserably. It was pretty bad. It Uh-oh. was awful. It was pretty bad. But 
I might have to try again in the next commercial break because we do have a hoop right here. Yeah, the problem is the ceiling is not very tall, and I jump like really high. Easy, Brent. So that, that was the reason. Like he just jumped so high, I thought he was going to take out <laughs> so a light. See, he had the ceiling or what? And I fumbled the basketball. Oh wow! But it's not a big basketball either. This isn't a real basketball we're talking. This is a that's that was a, a nerf ball. Yeah, it was not really a it's good pretty nerf much ball. a nerf ball. Okay. Stefan Giannis did not fumble the ball. <laughs> Check it out. Here's Curry with a high That that guy is long. That's what essentially happened in here while you were gone. Yeah, that's right. My head hit the ceiling, and then I hurt my shoulder by reaching up my hand. No, I just really fumbled the the ball, but we're going to try it again. Uh, Maybe we'll put a video out there. But that was – listen, that's what the All-Star Game's there for. Don't complain about defense, people. Don't do it. To to watch the athleticism, have some fun, guys laughing and chuckling and trying backyard plays and stuff you would try to do off a seven-foot hoop for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's what it looked like. They actually, uh, speaking of the Greek freak, uh, they had a documentary about him before the All-Star Skills Competition that I watched. It was about 30 minutes long. Uh, I think it was on NBA TV. And I'm just talking about his childhood, what he grew up and everything. And really, really a cool story. I had no idea. And, you know, I followed the Bucks and whatnot. But I didn't really know, realize like what he went through or the fact that he basically slept in the gym every single day because he, he didn't want to walk eight miles to go back home and walk back again. So he slept, spent a lot of time in the gym. And then also a problem with his weight where his head coach, because his family didn't come from, you know, a, a lot of money. And yeah, I think he has like five or six brothers and sisters. So they told him that he has to eat more. So he would be eating more than his whole family. And he felt really bad about that because he had to put on weight to play basketball. So wow. just really interesting, uh, interesting story. Huh? Yeah. And then the fact that he couldn't bring his family over to Milwaukee when he was playing. So he kind of got home sick and just really interesting story with him but um definitely a guy that's probably gonna be the future of basketball for sure if he's not already yeah he's what a talent and and he has the mindset well it it sounds like he's got the mindset he's got a chip yeah we all forget that Mm -hmm. stuff you know i think people we don't remind people enough of how driven these guys are Mm -hmm. right and it's it's amazing the 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 work ethic the passion the athlete but the competitive spirit of these guys it's just i think it's hard to to figure that out the thing that makes him interesting to me is he is so different mm-hmm. you know kevin durant's different because he's like seven feet tall and can shoot the three like a five foot ten guy mm-hmm. you know i mean so obviously the game's changed dirk did that but this guy looks i mean he is so his length is Brent, so unbelievable he has but it's mindset. because it's not because but, of his mindset well it's because of his length. he's a different cat that but um so one of my favorite uh quotes from this past season was they asked him so hey the off season what'd you do like who'd you train with like what basketball players did you play with he's like i don't play other other basketball players in the nba and they're like what are you talking about he's like why would I want to train and play with other basketball players in, in the off season? I'm trying to be better than them. I want nothing to do with them in the off season. Huh. So uh, I thought that was kind of. Didn't cool. want to give away his secrets. No, didn't want to give away his secrets. And obviously, if you watched the All Star game last night, uh, he had a personal vendetta against the rim. It seemed like in the first quarter, man, because he had like <laughs> six or seven dunks right in a row. It was it was insane. So um, he's he's definitely a great guy to watch. I hope he stays in Milwaukee for a long time. But um, he's definitely the future of basketball. All right, what you got, Kuz? Uh, can I get my? Uh, my Don Cherry voice thing ready here. So I'm going to set the scene quick. So I had a fan of the show actually reach out to me and they're like, hey, you know, you're a hockey player, Austin. You used to play hockey. 
I'm a big NHL fan. Can you put some more NHL stuff on, on the show? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure once the playoffs start, we can kind of get some more stuff going. But And I don't usually take requests, but this fan wanted me to comment on the Carolina Hurricanes. Have you seen what's going on with the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, you brought this up, and I had yeah. not I've seen I've actually it. been to a game where they've done this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, long story short, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. I think I did see this. Yeah. Uh, what, what do they call it? Surge? It's uh, Surge something? Surge? Uh, yeah, it's like storm surge. Storm, storm surge. surge. Yeah, they call yeah, yeah. it storm surge. So basically, what's happening in Carolina is every time the Hurricanes have a home game and they win, after you know the other team clears the ice, they do like these crazy celebrations. One of them they're playing duck duck goose. Another one they're playing like <laughs> human dominoes. They went bowling one time. Just as like ridiculous, out of the box thinking celebrations after they win. And the, the, so the fan reached out to me. He's like, dude, you put on ball and fallen, put it as fallen for sure. I'm not putting it as fallen. I'm putting their celebrations as balling. And, and, and here's John Cherry, a big uh, NHL host, commenting on the Carolina Hurricanes quick. This is the National Hockey League. These guys, to me, are jerks. You have to do this in the National. They're still not drawn. This is to me. And I'll tell you one thing. They better not do this in the playoff. What I don't understand is Brendan Moore's a street shooter. He always was. This is a joke. Young men expressing themselves for joy of winning. They don't do this thing in the net. It's a professional hockey. One of these guys are jerks or something. And I'll tell you one thing. They do this in the playoffs, making fun of the other team. But nobody's out on the ice. The game's over. I admit, I always liked your uh, theory of when you celebrate when you win only. Uh, that's why you liked Muhammad Ali, whereas uh, Sugar yeah, Leonard did the before. Strong. If you want to do it, do it before. But right. that, that is absolutely ridiculous. I know the rest of the people. I know all the broadcasters and everything are afraid to say something like that. They're jerks. I know what I'm talking about. You never do anything <laughs> like that. They're still Still not drawn. They're a bunch of jerks as far as I'm concerned. So first of all, let me say Don Cherry uh, is having this tirade, this rant. <laughs> I know what I'm if talking you, about. If you watch the video, because Don Cherry wears some pretty, pretty crazy things, the guy is wearing a bright navy blue suit coat with gold dragons all over it. It's something yeah. out of affliction. Well, Don so, Cherry's legendary. No, first of all, if you don't yeah. know, if you don't know hockey, he's yeah. from uh, can, the Canadian channel, TSN, yes, right? Correct. I think it yeah, is. Yeah. And, uh, One of the biggest personalities uh, on the and, and, and But his personality is being different and wearing mm-hmm. the, the Blazers. Yeah. And I mean, these like that are falling out of sometimes. the box. They're, they're, so Blazers. His, his blue blazer was falling. But anyways, getting back to the point that Carolina Hurricanes, listen, people are talking about it. The Carolina fans, you know, it's Carolina. It's not a big hockey city. It's the fans, wild. The fans are loving it. When Everyone's talking that, about this. And the guess what? The stadium goes crazy. Since they've done this, and I forgot like their record, but they've won like twelve, like 10 of the last 12 games, something like that. So it's working for the team. So, Don Cherry, don't sit back here and say, well, this isn't the old-time hockey. You guys, the NHL took away old-time hockey when you stopped with the fights. You know, fights used to be a big selling point with hockey. Well, now, you know, the league's cracked down on it. Obviously, the playoffs start up, fights start to happen again. But you don't see fights the regular season anymore, hardly. Go ahead, Goose. Here's the other thing, too, that I noticed. So the game we went to, the Hurricanes were, like, winning. I, I don't even remember the score, but it was, like, 5-0. to zero. Like, it was a blowout. Mm-hmm. But fans stayed because they wanted to see what they were going to – how they were going to celebrate because they do it different every time. I, mean, I think the yeah. latest one was they did the limbo. <laughs> yeah. And then they grabbed their mascot, which is a pig, and pretended he was over a fire. Like, they – it's awesome. Like, people are staying to watch these games. And, and – even if they're blowouts, they're staying to see how the team celebrates. I'm going to exactly. check it out first of all, check it because out I sure. really haven't. I don't have good context yeah. on it. I've heard about it, but I haven't had. I haven't seen it. But it's no different from that standpoint than having like a country concert after the game That's and trying I'm to saying. keep people. You know. But so the best part of this whole story, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, Coos, but 
Whoever's working the Carolina Hurricanes marketing team uh, deserves a raise because after that whole Don Cherry tirade, he called them a bunch of jerks. Well, their new team shirt that they're selling now, it says Carolina Hurricanes, bunch of jerks on it. And uh, <laughs> they also so changed they're their, flying off sh- the shelves. They changed their Twitter handle to just say a bunch of jerks. Bunch of jerks. I saw that. That's the yeah. part. See, I got, I got in too late. I mm-hmm. saw that part of it as yeah. well. Uh, and uh, I love, I do like the fact that these teams do that more and more. Yeah. Right? That they, yeah. they'll embrace people. Ripping on them. Yeah. Uh, I think it, actually, you know, did you see that thing, the top five, like, worst pro, worst NFL to be a football fan in? Yeah, and yeah, Jackson yeah. Was Jackson two. was in there. Well, Houston was, was number there. one. Yeah. And Houston replied with, with a response, and it was like, okay. <laughs> Slow K. Yeah. And, uh, so at least they had fun with it. No, you know, for sure. I, I like the fact that the teams aren't afraid to do that once in a while, once back and forth or, you know, against some criticism. It does get. There are some lines that can be crossed. I remember the Rockets' uh, Twitter got in trouble yes. when they were playing the Mavericks. If you remember that, they did an emoji of a, a horse and a gun. Well, keep in mind, you know, a lot of times those those folks that are running that are young. Yeah, they don't realize it's, it's bad. That's yeah. why I was telling you earlier, that's why I almost got banned by uh, or blocked by Hawks' uh, Twitter. Like I said, young, inexperienced. Inexperienced, people. yep. Slacker. <laughs> So, yeah, surprise so the Carolina Hurricanes, man. You guys keep having fun out there. So, hockey's all So, about. we got to do fallen. Let's do fallen when we come I, back. I thought you were tying it in. Like, I thought Don Cherry was the fallen part. No, his, his, got another one. his Suko was the fallen part. All right. Yeah. We got some fallen. We already did balling. Yeah. Yeah. And, by the way, jump in on it. Share your balling and fallen. Who are we missing? Big performances, bad performances like said, over the so, weekend. So someone chimed in, in, told me to do this one. I did it. So, yeah, yeah we got a little hockey talking because of it. Phil, too. you are welcome. I have no idea what Austin Lane is doing right now. But what's that? Ah, you were sharing Don Cherry's suit. Yeah, the guy's got style, or lack thereof. Hey, a couple comments I wanted to get to. My man Kenny D, up in Ohio, talking the Jaguars in the Cleveland and Cincinnati markets, is Kyler Murray. Not sure if he fits everything in Jacksonville, but... Would be a lot to talk about. So people up in Cleveland and Cincinnati feel like uh, the Jags might lean on Kyler Murray. Let's give him something to talk about. Very nice. I like it. That would, too. You know what I said about that? I've said it, and I think a lot of people, whether you like the Kyler Murray stuff or not, would would agree with this. It would be fun around here. No, for sure. Because it would be the talk of the NFL. You'd kind of wonder, is this going to be boom or bust? And so the intrigue sets in. I, I just... I wouldn't make the pick if I was in that position to do it. It's like I said, we get some primetime games out of it. You remember what happened when Johnny Football got drafted? Yeah, true. Yeah, the Browns got some primetime. I mean, well, yeah, go along with Johnny this Football defense. had a checkered pass, but yeah, go along yeah. with this defense and and to Kyla Murray. Um, get some primetime games. Let's do it. Hey, it's a gamble, but if you really believe in something. You'll be willing to gamble. So we'll see what this uh, organization thinks. I just don't see it happening. They're a check-the-box organization at the top, and uh, not a lot of the boxes check on Kyle Murray. Uh, Ken also chimed in, too. Uh, Brad Doherty co-owns the Ryan Priest car, so thanks for that. Uh, we were talking minority in NASCAR, and Priest was running close to the top uh, toward the end of the Daytona 500. So uh, appreciate the thoughts on that. A couple other ones about uh, what they were watching. Mike uh, Correo says LA Open and the Daytona 500 back and forth. Uh, I think there was a lot. There were a lot of people doing that. Uh, back to what the Jags should do. Chris Herman, if they got Foles and I want to see tight end, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver, then all O line in the draft. <laughs> all, right. all right, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Submarine Mike has a ballin'. He says Denny Hamlin balled big time coming 
For me, that's uh, that's easy though. That well, he says he's not a fan of Hamlin, but oh, the truth not. is the truth. Yeah, the NASCAR fans, they got the oh, people no, the, they like. They're, they're loyal, it's, man. It's it's there's no in between there. Well, it's funny. Like when I was a kid, obviously I like Jeff Gordon because it was Jeff Gordon. But I feel like if you're an adult and you like Jeff Gordon back in, like in my day, you probably uh, got some funny looks from people, especially like Dale Earnhardt fans and whatnot. You know, <laughs> seriously. And by the way, the uh, creative name for this Twitter handle: Miles Jack wasn't down. Ian Happ is always up. Shout out to Ian Happ. Is there some kind of connotation in there that I just missed? Do I should I know Ian Happ? Ian Happ's a pitcher. Oh. Uh, I think he's a pitcher. Yeah, I think okay. that's who he's referring to. Okay. Uh, NASCAR only, he said he watched. <laughs> okay. That was a long way to tell you <laughs> that he watched I'm NASCAR. Like, you in trouble here, Brent? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know, I don't but know. I read it. So okay. <laughs> I read it, and then I asked. If yeah. we're I was ready get to trouble. dump. I got nervous. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know if we should, still should be nervous. Well, uh, I, 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 I have my apology ready here in I case fall. we need it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the, the typed up apology. On behalf of ESPN 690, I'd like to... All right, so Fallen, Brent, I'd like to combine my MMA minute with Fallen, if that's possible with you. Do it. Go ahead and give me the green light. Give me the green light. Because I also have a question for you Okay. after you do this. All right, so obviously there's a a lot of fights over the weekend, and I I hyped them up a lot when I was at Daytona 500. Unfortunately, those fights didn't really go uh, the way I had hoped. Uh, Matt Mitchell on Friday night kicked Karatanov in the nuts and then ended the fight in 30 seconds. And literally, (laughs) can I say that? Brent gave me a look I couldn't say that. What was I don't know. That caught my attention. Okay. Well, yeah. He kicked him in the groin region and yeah. ended the fight after 30 seconds. That's probably better. Um, Karatanov actually <laughs> suffered a hemorrhoid from that kick, by the way, Ooh. which is a yeah. Uh, Ouch. So not good. Uh, the Michael Venom Page Paul Semtex daily fight uh, Saturday night. I said there's a lot of hype around it. Obviously they'd come out swinging. Well. Semtex Daily lied and said that he would come out and swing because no one else wants to swing with Venom Page. Well, Daly tried to take him down over and over again, and it was a boring uh, five-round decision. Uh, Michael Venom Page ended up winning, which is cool because his father passed away and everything like that. You so set that up Friday. His yeah. next fight's going to be with uh, Douglas Lima, which should be a, actually a real striking battle uh, as opposed to the fake one that we witnessed this past Saturday. And then obviously Sunday night on ESPN, Pains me to say it. Cain Vasquez, man, got uh, got clipped in about 20 seconds with Francis Ngannou. Um, it sucks. Cain's Can he blow out. out his knee there? So it looked like his knee, he hurt his well, knee. Well, I think his knee just gave out because he got clipped. See, originally what I thought. Because he never got hit. The, the replay he never got hit that hard. So here's the thing. So what I originally thought happened was he went for a takedown, and he's got a bad neck. And I thought the way his neck crunched, his whole body just shut down because uh, he's got like a, a bad spine yeah. and whatnot. But then. After, that's a good I, thing to do. If you have a bad spine, why don't you go fight? I know. And then after seeing cage. some replays, I guess he got clipped a little bit. But, but I've seen Kane like you know I've seen Kane take shots from Junior Dos Santos and everybody. So I don't know. It was just a it was a crazy thing. Obviously that sucks. Well, what was your question by the way? Uh, not yet. I'm not ready. Okay. And then uh, so that you know that's all that's all fallen. And then the biggest news out of today that uh, I feel like the world needs to talk about more is the fact that Tyson Fury signed a deal with Top Rank Boxing and ESPN. Yeah, explain this to me because so you, you texted me about this and you said not good. You said this could be really bad for boxing. I don't get it. It is bad for boxing. So it's good for Tyson Fury in the fact that he signed with the ESPN. So ESPN is is owned by Top Rank Boxing, or I'm sorry, ESPN owns Top Rank Boxing. So hence why you see a lot of boxing fights lately on ESPN. It's because it's Top Rank. So Tyson it's Fury, a, stop you for a second. Yeah. It's amazing what ESPN owns. 
Yeah. Like you don't like I don't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. But ESPN owns that, right? Top ranked boxing. Yeah. Like people don't know, but ESPN owns bowl games. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that it's weird to think about it, but they actually own bowl games. No, so they sure. can put them on. Yeah. And uh, anyway, go ahead. So so ESPN, you know, obviously added another great fighter. I mean, they probably have the number one pound for pound guy right now in Lomachenko. But now they added a heavyweight, Tyson Fury, who you guys should know, fought Deontay Wilder to a, a draw. Um, Tyson was dropped twice. Uh, he, he showed a lot of boxing skill. Um, like once again, it was to a draw. We talked to Deontay Wilder in the Super Bowl weekend, and he said, "Hey, the, the rematch is going to happen. It's got to happen. That's what the fans want." So the fans, boxing fans, I feel so bad for it, and I'm one of them. Don't get me wrong, but we and they get screwed over so much by promotion. So what's going to happen now is the fact that Tyson Fury is going to ESPN. So that means that the Wilder fight is more than likely off now because Deontay Wilder is with Showtime Sports, and uh, it's a it's a fight by fight contract. So Showtime's not going to let Wilder go to ESPN, obviously. Well, Fury can't go. I mean, yeah. So Fury can't go to to Showtime to fight Wilder. So that fight's off. So now we have three of the best heavyweights in the world, hands down: Wilder, Fury, and Anthony Joshua in England. Yeah. And they can't fight each other because a Joshua's with a different promotion. Wilder's with Showtime, and now Tyson Fury is with ESPN. And, Brent, you kind of know Tyson Fury a little bit. We listened to a podcast yeah, with him, did. and he's a great dude, great personality. Yeah, that, and was that was a good podcast. So my whole but, thing— But, man, the Joshua dude doesn't want to fight anybody. No. Well, right? so the whole thing with Joshua is, and Deontay Wilder kind of touched on this, too, in the Super Bowl, is his management is trying to protect him. Because ah. at the end of the day, you're a prize fighter trying to make the most money. But now you got three of the best heavyweight fighters in the world that can't fight each other. And the problem with Tyson Fury with ESPN and top-ranked boxing, there's no one to fight him. The, 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 there's not a great stable of fighters right now for him. So the problem with Tyson Fury, too, is the fact that, yes, the guy can talk. He's got a great story. You know, he was in depression. He he lost over 100 pounds for the Wilder yeah, fight. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um and came back, you know, so it's yeah, a great he's a guy story. you could root for. No, definitely a guy if you, you want to root for. If you hear a story, you can root for. He's a great talker, but his downside, and we saw it, you know, with the Wilder fight, is he's not a knockout puncher. Yeah. And if anything, you're talking heavyweight boxing, you got to be able to knock somebody out. Heavyweight boxing dead. We got 15 seconds. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, it's it's on the way to dying. Absolutely. Because of this move. Yeah. It's in not part, good. In part. People want to see Wilder Fury too, and now we're not getting that, uh, that, that treat, and the fans are getting screwed over. It yeah. sucks. I uh, did not ask the question yet, but I will when we come back. I can't wait. Also, Tim Tebow. Something's gone viral around Tebow. Shocking. Uh Uh-oh. Kids, make sure you listen to this. Coming up next (laughs) on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well, everybody. Beautiful day in Jacksonville, Florida. was hot. Cooled off a little bit with a cold front coming in. And I think we could get cooler temperatures the next couple of days. Uh, but then uh, I think summer's about here. Felt like summer was here today oh, a yeah. little bit in Jacksonville. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday, 5 o'clock. Hang with us until 6 on all the different platforms, if you will. Might have a little bit of Jags news coming up in uh, a couple of minutes, so hang tight for that. Uh, before we get to that, Lucas Jewell, 904 on Facebook, or maybe it was on Twitter. They all show up on the same now, so I'm not sure. Could be on our YouTube channel, Action yeah. Sports Jacks. Says Anthony Joshua is a chicken. We were talking about that a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't want to fight anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why boxing is dying. Top fighters never fight each other. They run and complain about money. Exactly your point. Yeah. That you yeah. just made. And UFC fighters face the best of the best. Uh, uh, I would say probably not all the time, right? N- yeah, not all the time. Um, it's starting to be but the, eventually, the more sports. Enter- eventually, sometimes, Brent, it's starting to be like the more sports entertainment thing now, too, where 
they're trying to fit storylines more over actually the top ranked guys in MMA. But um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can go on for another rant, but I'm sure you don't want me to do that right no, now. Okay, so. I've got a question for you. Then yeah, was uh, one more MMA thing. So I'm watching last night. You watching they, the fights? Did they shift everything to last night because it was a holiday weekend, or I thought it would be Saturday night stuff usually? Yeah, I'm not sure if they Maybe switched because it because of college the, hoops. Well, that because the Bellator too had their one of their cards, okay. so they might have done that. So well, I'm watching late last night and uh, watching a couple of the fights. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember who I was watching, but one guy was like really good at, uh, he said, he, at kicking. Yep. And so, like, you get in the back of the calf, and you could tell the one guy was hurting. Oh, you're and, talking about uh, Paul Felder and James Felder. Vick. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. And you could tell, like, it was doing some damage. Mm-hmm. But my, my question has nothing to do with the actual fight. My question is, what hurts the most as a fighter mm-hmm. to deliver? So, like, I would think if you kick somebody, mm-hmm. like, and you hit them in the shin or you hit them in the wrong spot or your foot wasn't in the right direction, like, I'd be like, oh, that hurts. Yep. You know? Like, yeah. does that happen? Story time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, to quick answer the question, uh, if you get hit in the liver, I mean, the liver, it just shuts down. It doesn't matter how tough you are, how strong your core is. If you get hit right in that liver, you just keel over, and that's that's the fight. It doesn't matter how tough you are. It's just that's the way the body works. Okay, but that's getting hit. Yeah. But now getting back to the, the whole shin thing, you brought up a great point. So my biggest transition from NFL to MMA, I mean, obviously it was, you know, the way I trained and whatnot and the endurance and the cardio. But the biggest thing that I never took into account was the shin conditioning. So basically what happens is obviously in MMA, you throw a lot of low kicks. And if you if you throw a low kick, you got to check it. And by checking basically just means you put your leg up, you block it, right? Well, even if you check it 100%, you, you check it perfectly, it's still going to hurt your shin. I mean, imagine if you ever bumped your foot or your shin like on a coffee table or whatnot that stuff hurts right so uh, yeah yeah so what you have to do which i figured out real quick is you have to kill all the nerves in your shins so how do you do that well you can kick a heavy bag 100 times a day repeatedly every single day until you know your shins start to turn red and sometimes they bleed because you kick them so hard and that kills the nerves and i've seen this done in our gym a couple times where dudes have taken a golf club or a steel pipe and they will grind their shins down with a pipe until they bleed, and that also kills the nerves in your shins. I've never done it that way. I've done it the old school way where you just kick, kick a heavy bag as many times as possible till it hurts, and then you limp the next couple of days, you do it again. And eventually it gets to the point where you kill most of the nerves in your shins. Now, every once in a while there's going to be a hard kick where you'll block it and you'll still feel it, but, I mean, I can't feel any of that. Honestly, like my, my shins are completely dead now. He's punching his shin, yeah. like with and his knuckles. Dude, and I can't feel anything. <laughs> Why do you do this again? Like, why do you fight again like this? It's all about the journey, man. I love it. But, <laughs> I mean, that sounds awful. But, yeah, the, the, that's one thing that kids... <laughs> the whole thing. Everything you just said there sounds awful. We were talking well, about going training with you. If that's part of it, yeah, I'm out. No, no. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, that. we can wear shin pads and whatnot, but you can't wear shin pads in a fight. But also, so, obviously, in <laughs> Thailand, um, you know, the, the, the whole art of Muay Thai is big in Thailand. That's where it originated. Yeah, yeah. They'll get kids like at six, seven years old kicking like these like uh, sh- 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 uh, sugar cane trees. Yeah, yeah. And they'll kick them down. Like they have them started that early. Wow. Kicking trees down. Yeah. Now, I guess that the art of that, the kicking stuff. Muay Thai, yeah. Is, is age old. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're, is there any relation? And I am, listen, I'm coming from you here. Mm hmm. From a total level of ignorance and lack of knowledge. No, you're all so good. So I'm going to be. I'm, I'm just sure. trying to play. I'm just trying to play 
I'm sure person there's a lot of people listening. The yeah, exactly. Right now there's asking. a lot of people listening right now. But even they might know this. Okay. And so you know when you see karate or or whatever where they're they're hitting blocks like and they can cinder blocks and all mm-hmm. that. Is there an element of that where they've done that with their shins or knees or? Do you have any idea? Is there any relationship to that? As in, what do where you that mean? doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing. I mean, yeah. The, so they've deadened the tissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they also, if you if you punch blocks over and over again, it's going to build your muscles up, like you, you, your bones. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you brought up the whole blocks thing. So obviously in the UFC, there's not a lot of rules. But one of the biggest rules in the UFC that's like a, the biggest debate right now is the 12 to 6 elbow. You know what the 12 to 6 elbow is? No. So basically, it's if if uh, if I was on top of you or something. If my elbow comes straight up, straight down, so think of like a clock, and it's 12 to 6. If I was to bring my elbow straight up, straight down, that's actually an illegal blow. And uh, the only reason why John Jones has one loss on his record is because he threw a 12 to 6 elbow. He was winning, but he threw a 12 to 6 elbow and got disqualified. And the whole reason why the 12 to 6 elbow is a thing is because they used to watch, you know, like the old school karate videos of people doing the, the elbow breaks. And they said, well, if they can do that to a brick or tons of bricks, Imagine someone's skull. Uh, so that's why the 12 or 6 elbow got outlawed. Interesting. And, and now that they're trying to bring it back. So we'll no, see. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Let's, it, well, break, it kinda, let's fracture it, people's skulls. But, so let's I bring mean, that back. No, it, it kind of does, Brent, but guys throw from the side, too. I was going to say, it doesn't you, make, it doesn't make so a difference. So you can throw like a yeah, you can, 10 to 4? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Well, coming straight down on your head maybe would. All right. We'll see. Yeah. Um, interesting, though. Good. Uh, that was good. I wanted to ask you that. So I was shin conditioning. That shin condition, that actually happens. I it's was thinking thing. about it the whole time. I'm like, so this has to hurt even the person delivering it at mm-hmm. times. Um, but good, good insight. Uh, by the way, I never got to my fallen. I'll make it real quick. My fallen was uh, was the Tennessee Vols, uh, which is, I mean, it's the second loss of the year. They go from number one to number five. They literally fell mm-hmm. in the polls uh, after a loss. But Rick Barnes has done such a good job with that team. Again, I, I, I hinted at it. We'll talk a little bit more tomorrow and this week about the NCAA tournament, who to keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Only a few more games left in the A-Sun, a little bit more than that for the SEC, ACC, and then you get in the conference championship time. Really a fun uh, time of the year before the uh, NCAA tournament comes to Jacksonville. All right, I told the kids to stay listening. This should be a ballin'. This has gone viral. Tim Tebow talking over the weekend about playing baseball, why he does it. You know, I'm assuming he was asked the question, aren't you afraid that you might not make it, you know? And uh, love Tim, don't love Tim, tired of Tim, whatever it is in in your own mindset. Uh, How you could not, if you're a parent at all, and you don't think immediately, I'm going to go show my kids this, Mm -hmm. I would be surprised. So if you haven't seen it yet or heard it yet, here's a listen. You know, it's it's really trying to keep perspective and um, and not letting other people define you because they sure do want to. And um, shoot, it's you know, I try to encourage young people all the time to not let the world or um, other people outside sources define you because you're always going to have critics and naysayers and people that are going to tell you that you won't, that you can't, that you shouldn't. Most of those people are the people that didn't, that wouldn't, that couldn't. And um, and don't be defined by outside sources. You go after your dreams. Um, succeeding or failing is not making it to the bigs or it's not necessarily fulfilling that. It's not. It's having to not live with regret because I didn't try. And and, you know, I just feel for all the young people out there that don't go after something because they're so afraid of failing that you're going to live with a lot more regret than you would have if you tried and you failed. And I'm very passionate about that. Um, and I think the reason that a lot of people don't go after things is because 
um, how much you will be criticized and what if I fall flat on my face and so fear and doubt and all these things creep in and um, I just don't believe that's the healthiest way to live I don't want to have to live with fear or doubt every day and you know regardless of what everyone here says about me it doesn't define me and I'm so grateful that doesn't define me. There's one thing that defines me, and that's what God says about me. And, and besides that, I get to go live out my dreams and try to help as many people along the way as possible. Well, that's Tim Tebow using his platform to spread a message, and, and that's what he does best. I mean, he uses his platform for a lot of positive things. And, again, I, wherever you sit on the Tebow front, um, it's funny. I've seen a lot of reaction to this, and people said, I don't know how you can't like Tim Tebow. I don't think there are people that don't like Tim Tebow. I think there are people that got tired of the amount of coverage of Tim Tebow, not unlike anything that gets over-coveraged overcovered uh, in our society today. I think people, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't like the guy, you know, like the person. They're just tired of the story and tired of the name. And tired. Well, that's f- faded, of course. And it's been interesting to follow his baseball stuff, and we have uh, from the TV side of things. And, you know, there's there's definitely a buzz around Tebow. But because baseball is so day-to-day and so many games, there's not like you could go to a game and there's not, you know, 20,000 people trying to get Tim Tebow's autograph. Sure. It just depends what game you go to, where you pick it. Now, if he hits the major leagues, it'll be a different story. That will elevate once again. It'll be mm-hmm. all over the place. But want to talk more about this for one moment. When it, Why is Tebow doing it? Is what I kind of came away with after hearing him say it, uh, that little message. And hopefully kids get a chance to hear that because there's a lot of different ways you can take it in life. And, uh, if you have some kids, you should probably share it with them. Uh, Tim Tebow with a really good message. But real brief thought on, on why Tim's pursuing this at this time and still going after it as hard as he is at 31 years old. Next on ESPN 690. Hey, happy Monday to you. Hope you're enjoying the day. If you're the kids and your teachers, well, I hope you really enjoy the day because you had the day off, uh, which is not a bad thing in school land to do that. Uh, again, a lot of comments continued on one of my big questions of the day, and that was, if you already have foals, would you go get offensive line or a tight end like Hawkinson if you think he's special like a lot of people do? Some more of your comments on that. We'll get back to that discussion as uh, we hit the uh, 515 mark on a Monday on ESPN 690. News out of the Jags just moments ago I can share. The team has exercised the option for Calais Campbell, Cody Davis, and also Lorente McRae. So Calais Campbell, we I think we told you that on Jaguars All Access the day after the season. Campbell basically broke the news to us on the show mm-hmm. uh, that he was coming back, and they said he was coming back. Now there's been a recent discussion in the last couple of weeks that he may rework his deal. He's due, uh, I don't have in front of me, I think right around $14, 15000000 million, and that guy's been worth every penny Without a to doubt. this point. But could he rework to help restructure the whole Jags cap situation? He's not taking less money, but you mm-hmm. can still kind of rework the deal to make the numbers add up. That would not be out of the question and, and probably is likely. The other two are special teams plays. Mm-hmm. Cody Davis, Lorente McCray. McCray was a good special teams player, but I actually shouldn't just leave him at that. Because as of now, he's your second pass rushing guy on that side behind Yannick Ngakwe. So he might have an increased role on this football team. True. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You know, it's funny because we get so caught up on quarterback talk and offensive lineman talk that 
listen, as far from an edge rusher is concerned, those pieces are kind of lacking right now. You know, I mean, we got Yannick. I don't think, do we have another? I mean, we don't have another. Well, you got, I mean, on that side, yeah, you got Yannick, if you think about it. I mean, you have Calais. But, and, yeah, and, but I'm saying, I mean. And Dewan Smoot and, is and, the big end. Yeah, and, and obviously Calais. I but mean, from an edge I don't guy, consider him an edge rusher. He's a pass rusher. Yes, don't get me wrong, probably the best on the team. But from an edge rusher perspective. Yeah, you're very limited on depth chart. It's yeah. been, we've had this conversation a little bit. At, at, we did a mock draft on TV two weeks ago, and I said, don't lose sight of that. Yes, Yannick Ngakwe, but after that, not much. And when you want an eight-man rotation, you know, and I say not much, but I don't think they're sold on Lorente McRae in that spot. You know, I, I think they could feel like there's more to it. They could get an upgrade. You could have more. You want an eight-man rotation, and right now they really don't. I mean, how much do they trust DeWan Smoot behind uh, Calais Campbell? How much do they trust Lorente McRae in that role behind Yannick Ngakwe? You know, that's, you weren't keeping Fowler this year. And in the future, regardless, regardless, yeah. but they do get hurt by that because Fowler, you really felt good about when he had to come in. Or if you go to the, a couple of them in that same package, mm-hmm. whatever the, the NASCAR pack, lightning package, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But um, I, I think they th- that's a need in this draft that all we do is talk about offense, wide receiver, tight end, offensive lineman, co- quarterback. Do not be surprised if they take an edge rusher somewhere in those first few rounds. Now, I will be surprised if it's still at number seven, regardless of what they do at free agency and quarterbacks. As well. But I don't think you can rule it out. If no, they think the best can, player is an edge rusher, this team, you can always use edge rushers. You can never always. have too many edge rushers. And the beauty with edge rushers, and we say that, I mean, yes, getting after the passer is important. But obviously having a guy that can stop the run is important, too. But the thing with the edge rushers is that you can put them everywhere. You know, you, you can put them in some packages like the NASCAR package. You can put, you know, two smaller guys at three techniques and kind of move them around a little bit because then you're keeping offenses offenses guessing, and, and that's important. So anytime you can add another edge rusher that's solid, that can play, you know, the five, that can play the wide nine, that can play the, the three technique, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, uh, the Jags make those moves. Again, if you're just checking in, Calais Campbell, Cody Davis, and uh, – Lorente McRae exercise the option for those guys. So good news there. I think we'll know. I, I was expecting some moves to happen in the next couple of days. And uh, you remember Austin Safari at Jenkins a few weeks ago said, see you, thanks, Jags. Well, then the Jags PR department actually at the time came out and said, well, we actually have until Tuesday. I think it was February 19th, Tuesday, which is tomorrow, yeah. to make decisions on this stuff. Yep. And so I think we'll know by tomorrow if that's official, which sounds official. Yeah. But uh, – could we find out some more? We'll see. So stay tuned for some of the Jags news in the next 24 speaking hours. Speaking of free agency and waiting to see, have you been following your boy Antonio Brown on Twitter, man? Man, it's been unbelievable. The dude, you know what it reminds me of? You ever watched Seinfeld or not? Growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember when George Costanza was trying to get fired from the New York Yankees, so he was going out of his way to like mess up the organization? That's exactly what this Antonio Brown thing reminds yeah. me of. Like he's calling out Ben Roethlisberger. He's trying to, you know, put the whole franchise underneath the bus. That's one of the owner. Yeah, exactly. That does. It's insane, man. Costanza and Antonio Brown. There yeah. you go. There you go. Well, yeah, we'll talk more about. You know, I, I've been a big supporter of saying, hey, you got to go take a look at Brown. Bring him here. I, again, I think there's there's value in that. But mm-hmm. I, I must admit, over the weekend as I'm watching this stuff unfold, it's, it's a little like, much, right? Ugh. But I always go back to, the dude is super talented. I saw someone tweet today. I, I forget who it was, but somebody was looking at uh, tape of mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. They said, this guy is open 
every play. Still got it. He's open every play. And it also shows you how good Jalen Ramsey is because he's not open every play when he faces the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey. All right, uh, we played a little clip from uh, Tim Tebow. It's mm-hmm. gone viral. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, my apologies. We played it. We had to go to a break. But it, it, go check it out. It, it was basically a nice message to kids. And, and why he's doing what he's doing right now is he wanted to give it a chance. And he doesn't really care if you think he can make it or not. But he's, he's going to go for it. It's and, all about the journey. And now, look, he's going to start in AAA, and, and he's he's one phone call away now from the big leagues, which is an amazing story after not playing baseball for a decade. There are some really good reads on Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow about his swing and who he's worked with and how it wasn't good and now it's good and how much work he's put in, which almost makes it surprising to me because – I don't know how he finds the time to put in all the work on swinging and working out when he's traveling all over doing well, charity, work, charity work, but also all the TV stuff. Yeah. So he's really got a lot going on, but obviously he's passionate about baseball. And he said something over the weekend. He said, I'm all in on baseball. Mm-hmm. We all know that about – that doesn't surprise anybody about Tebow. What I was interested – Tebow is so interesting to me in, in this respect. Athletes say a lot of things. People say a lot of things. And it's easier said than done. What he said in that minute, 45 seconds, even for Tim Tebow, is easier said than done. People care about what other people have to say, mm-hmm. like it or not. Again, I, I said earlier, there's a, I said at the top of the show, there's a threshold for that. Like, you might not care. What, you didn't like that segment? Fine. I don't, I don't really care if you like the segment. I'm going to go on Twitter and let you know about it. You know? Mm-hmm. But, and then I don't, go ahead and rip me. But then there, there will be an, you know, maybe there's some day down the road where it's like, what do you mean you didn't like that? Or mm-hmm. you're going to say that to me on Twitter? You know what I mean? There's yeah. a threshold somewhere in there where it eats you up or it gets to you. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever line of work you're in or, or whatever you're doing, um, I think, I think there is. Mm-hmm. But Tebow, there, the word conviction comes to mind with Tebow so much. I, obviously, he's convicted in his religion. Mm-hmm. Um but really just in who he is. That he he says stuff in front of a uh, a pool of reporters and cameras and microphones that I just don't think people would say and have the because it's who he is and what he believes, but a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? for sure. They're afraid to say that like, well that's not going to sound good, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, yeah. I you're mean, right. All of us to a degree might in front of a microphone probably don't say what we would say in our car, yeah. <laughs> on the phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I find that part of him very interesting. And his whole message there was fantastic. It was go get it. You know, who cares what people think? You've mm-hmm. got to try it. Go get Go do it. They're going to tell you no. Don't let them judge you. And uh, don't let everybody else dictate that. But my, my point in this, this right here and talking about it is I believe that is harder to do than it's ever been before mm-hmm. in this day and age. This yeah. is a world that this is a big brother world. There are eyes on you at all times. There are cameras on you at all times. There are people that love to rip you down and critique you. Um, and again, you don't have to be Tim Tebow status. You can be, you know, some 10th grader, no, you know, in high yeah. school. This can be anybody literally right here so, we're talking about. So I think I, it fascinates me, that part of it. I mean, even to a degree, I bet, I mean, you can relate. I mean, you're you're going after this MMA and, career, and I'm sure coming off the Hardy stuff, people mm-hmm. oh, yeah. say, all right, you're done, yeah. right? Yeah. You're done? Like, So a big part that I took about it, too, was the fact that he mentioned not having any regrets when it comes to, you know, his, his journey in life. And, and that's something that, I, you know, I always try to add to myself as well. I mean... Thankfully, I had a great support system, a great family that always taught me just to be myself, 
don't worry what the outside world thinks. And that's so easy to say, Brim, but let's be honest. I mean, especially nowadays where everything's held up to a lens, everything's on online. I mean, I try to do it the best as possible. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I'll see something that kind of rubs me the wrong way as anybody does. But, um, you know, I, I try to move forward the, the best I can, but it's funny. I always had this conversation with, with my, my, with my family uh, and some of my friends. They always ask me like, what's your biggest fear? And uh, for a while, I didn't really have an answer, you know, like maybe dying or just leaving behind my loved ones. But honestly, um, and this, I gave this answer right before I got drafted. It was my biggest fear is to just work in an office every single day, wear a suit and tie, and just live with regret that I didn't chase something with my life. And that's been my journey ever since, you know. So obviously the, the UFC is the end goal now, and I'm, I'm hoping I make it. If for some reason I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to be bummed, obviously, but it's a lot better than sitting in an office, you know, sitting at a job where, and let's be honest, with my mindset, I'm sure I could be successful with anything that I do, but just sitting in an office, looking out the window, wearing a suit and tie, hating my boss, and just wondering, man, I should have chased something else, you know? So I think with the whole don't regret anything, that was big, and that's what I took out of Tim Tebow's speech there. Yeah, I mean, listen, it it really is good. It was a good message. It's an interesting one, but if you break it down, it's, I, I, I tweeted it last night, I just said it's so much easier said than done. I mean, it, it is. is even for Tebow, mm-hmm. it's easier said than done. Because but, let's be but honest, that guy I mean, lives it. Now you got to give him credit. He no, lives but it. It, I mean, if it, talking about haters and people like you know trying to bring you down, I mean, I think Tim Tebow has probably got the most haters and people trying to bring him down. So, hey, it, it, you know, if, if that guy can do it, he's strong in his faith. And even if, if you're not strong in your faith uh, per se, you know, be strong in something. Be, be strong in your abilities. Be strong in the people around you. And it's going to pay off. And by the way, just because you wanted to go chase something doesn't mean the guy wearing a suit in the office is, is no, not. No, 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 no. By any means, don't. No, I'm not talking to Ace to that guy. Hey, Nick, if you're listening, I'm not talking to you, man. <laughs> Listen, our boss. <laughs> that was, I, you got to be careful. Some people I jump know. in, they'll hear you differently. Yeah. That's what it is in radio. I was just true. protecting you. Yeah. I, I was getting you. your blind side there. Yeah. Yep. Hey, we got some hot takes. And stay in your lane still? Man, yeah, we got a full day still. Wow, it's next on ESPN 690. Well, the boss man just came in. We're in a suit and tie. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. He actually didn't have a No, he wasn't wearing a tie. Very casual day. I respect it. So this, from your days in Detroit, <laughs> yeah, this would have been, uh, what, like 2013, 14? Uh, this would have been 2013. So yeah. here's the story, okay? It says... If you're just catching up with us, Austin just ripped everyone that wears a suit and a tie. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, to work. But standing by his new locker, Lane suddenly did a double take as he can consi- Oh, no, wait. I missed the thing. Up a little bit, yeah. Once again, <laughs> I got past the story. Uh, once again, part of an NFL team, team, Lane is happy to play football instead of make use of his three and a half years of studying journalism and mass communications at Murray State University. Quote, I can't sit behind a desk all day, Lane said. I'd probably gouge my eyes out from boredom. End quote. Standing by his new locker lane suddenly did a double take as he considered the writers in front of him. Quote, no offense to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against you guys at all, but I think I need something active. So when I'm done here, done playing football, whatever that's going to be, I'm going to be doing something active. Yeah. Well, hey, you were right. And by the so. way, that, that article is not incorrect. Now you're putting that degree at Murray State, and now that's four years because you went back. Yeah. Uh, to use. Yeah, and, and I haven't gouged my eyes out yet. So and you don't have to a wear pretty, a suit and a tie here. So a pretty productive life so far, Brent, if you ask me. Well, maybe uh, if we might need to wear a suit and tie if we're going like a sales call or something. That's all good.
I can maybe. I can wear something that I wore for my wedding. Do you, right. you serious? You said you told me I think before. Maybe you said it on. You have one suit. Well, I had one suit when I played in the NFL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I, I just you know changed up the ties and the shirt, so we're all good there. <laughs> and then uh, now I probably have so that suit that I wore back then doesn't fit me anymore, obviously, because I was 270 pounds. I'm 245 now, so that wouldn't fit me. It'd be like a you know like a baggy tall tee on me. Uh, so I have a, I had a suit that I had to get for my wedding, so I'd probably just wear that one over and over and over again. All right. Uh, <laughs> just one suit? That's all you need? Yeah. It really sure. is. Sometimes on TV, I go a little, I play a little game. Okay. And uh, see how many days in a row I can wear the same suit. See, is it gray? So what color is your suit? Is it like dark gray? Because I feel like you can get away with dark gray. Like That's the thing. It's like a blue suit. I mean, okay. but as long as you're changing the ties, yeah, you really don't even need to, You can wear a white shirt all the time. If you change the tie, nobody's going to. Sure. I mean, it's like wearing jeans in high school. You wore the same pair of jeans every day. That I did. Pair of Jinkos, baby. And nobody knew. Yep. Or maybe they did, but didn't care because they were doing it too. Jinkos all day. Uh, a couple more uh, notes. So Stevie Sachs says, no to Foles, keep Blake. Draft old linemen, some weapons, get QB next draft. So Blake uh, is the guy, huh? I guess Gigantor right. says, Jags don't draft or develop great tight ends. We just get burned by opposing tight ends. <laughs> Hell, we get burned by average <laughs> tight ends. Yeah, yeah, well, at times. Uh, Michael Clinton says, if you get any vet QB priorities or as such, first OL, second wide receiver slash tight end. So we keep getting some uh, comments about really what our overall topic was at the start of the show. And... This TJ Hawkinson kid is really getting a lot of love, and, and you see him in some mock drafts going all the way up in the top ten. My curiosity is if the Jags get a Foles in free agency and don't feel like they need a QB, well, where do they go next? And I would argue if this kid's special, the tight end changes your offense more than an off than a right tackle changes your offense. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that can do both. He can block and pat and catch, but he gives you something dynamic potentially in your game planning and also in your offense that you don't have right now. This this team has been starving for tight ends. Uh, you know, they're saying goodbye to Austin Severian Jenkins, uh, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, he was good, but he wasn't. He had the one really good year. He had Probably five year. touchdowns his last year. Here, he was. He just. He wasn't game-changing, dynamic, make you keep an eye on him that much. And they were so bad at the offensive line at times, and this is not fair to Mercedes Lewis, but I think he had to stay in more than they wanted him to. He could never Mm -hmm. become that pass-catching guy as much as other teams were having it because their offensive line was so bad at times that he was one of their best blockers and had to stay in and help. No, and they didn't have the luxury of sending him out. And listen, he was a captain for a reason too. I mean, I played with him for a couple seasons, and that dude had great leadership, you know. And he was a he was a strong veteran presence that they could have definitely used this past season. Yeah, so. and if you had Mercedes Lewis, still, my point, you still need another. Yeah. Like this a league full of tight ends with some of these high powered teams, and uh, I think the Jags need him. So I, I think it's food for thought. And I and here's what it always comes down to as we get closer and closer to the draft is how high do you rank T.J. Hawkinson? I mean, some teams have, like, some people have them going down, like, number 22. Some people have them 32 to the Patriots, the next Gronk. Some people have them at 8 to the Lions. So where do the Jags have them on the board? My whole point of of this was if they do think he's special, yet you also think, you know, uh, the the Taylor kid out of Florida or the Jonah Williams kid out of Alabama is really good at offensive line, I think I would lean toward the tight end. I really I'm, do. I'm just saying if you pick him that high, you're picking the best receiver in the draft hands down. So, like, and I understand tight ends are important, yes, but if you're just picking that high, 
I don't want a tight end anymore. I want a receiver. So don't think of him as a tight end. Like, yes, it says T.E. by his name. Yes, yes. But he's going to be a pass catcher. And well, that's all I'm going to think about. And that's, as, a, that's the other part, right? Because yeah. Fant's the better pass catcher. He's just like yeah. a pure pass catcher. He's no, more of sure. a playmaker and guy. So we get it. And, and that's why I got to be careful. I don't want to oversell Hawkinson as this, like, unbelievable Travis Kelsey, you know, even Ertz kind of guy. The, the package he's of Hawkinson gives you both and that's what separates him it looks like at least if you read up on him in this draft but he seems like a can't miss guy how many times have we heard that mm-hmm. seems like a can't miss guy all right how about a little stay in your lane at 5 30 on a monday evening in jacksonville stay in your lane. let's get a little cruise control flowing here all right brent so you know those uh those viral videos, those bottle flip kids that used to be big, where they used to take the bottle and put up upside down and that whole, and then hope it lands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my kids did it all the time. They probably still do well, it. N- n- no offense to your kids, but let's get something a little better up in here. So this kid, I don't know his name, but he basically just said, "Hold my juice box." Uh, this kid was in a batting cage, and I'm sure you've seen this video. The kid's in a batting cage, and it's it's not like a batting cage where it's chain link fence. It's it's a net, and the kid hits it off the tee. It goes off the net somehow lands back on the tee and obviously the reaction after it was just priceless but i mean what are the odds of hitting a ball off a tee it bounces off the net and goes back on the tee it was right? unbelievable one in a, a billion one in a trillion i don't know I, I have no idea somebody will have to give us the analytics on yeah. it but it, it was amazing it was and, insane um it should be the ultimate viral video right there honestly and i, I think it was i mean i have yeah. no idea how many videos how many views it has but it was pretty good it, mm-hmm. the kid's reaction was great because oh, yeah. he even he was like oh my god that yeah. just happened yeah you know? and honestly it was to the point where i thought it was fake until i saw the kid's reaction i'm like no that's pretty genuine i think that was a real video yeah that's good stuff uh yeah. how about a pump your brakes pumping the brakes we're gonna stay on the ufc a little bit here did you it happened to see cron gracie no. So obviously, Brent, you're starting to learn MMA a little bit. I am. With the, with the last name like Gracie, what does he have? You, what do you think? What what kind of discipline does he have? Oh, man, I have no Gracie? idea. Gracie? Gracie? Uh, jiu-jitsu. Okay. He's got good jiu-jitsu. I so, obviously am not caught up enough yet. Yeah, so... Ask uh, me again in like three weeks. Okay. I think I'll be better. Yeah, so note to yourself, the Gracies are really good at jiu-jitsu. But anyways, so he ends up choking uh, Alex Carreras out. Um, obviously, Kron Gracie's kind of the next breed of jiu-jitsu fighter. A lot of hype around him. Had a great fight for a first UFC appearance. That's all fine and dandy. Well, why is he pumping his brakes? Well, his thoughts on what the earth is all about. If you thought Flat Earth was uh, crazy, listen to what he thinks. And, and I quote, we all have eyes. Eyes are the center of everything. It's the opening for you in this world. This is an actual quote, by the way, that he did in an MMA interview. You have an eye. You have the shell of the eyelid. You have the color. And you have whatever the F is holding it. Obviously, I censored the F part. Thank you very much. So we are big. So we are on the big eye. And the color is the universe that we live in, and it is the dome. The earth is the eye, and the lid is the universe. The universe is just a bunch of eyes. And, uh, yeah, pump your bricks. Wow. I mean, this got <laughs> so, deeper than, I mean, there was, so, so ins- you know, whatever Mike Tyson used to say made that well sound like. So, first of all, the UFC is not drug testing whatsoever anymore, <laughs> apparently. And, uh <laughs> Number two, I thought flat Earth was bad, but now uh, I guess the big thing is the Earth is actually an eye. So there you go. Take it for how you want it. Thanks Coons for pumping the brakes. Is the Earth an eye? 
The only thing I can think about, and I, I don't know if either of you are going to be able to re- relate to this, but I can only think about the SpongeBob episode where Patrick comes home and there's a bunch of eyes under his rock. And he just says, who are you people? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I can't relate. You don't, you don't watch SpongeBob? Huh? No. Oh, that's a shame. I have no idea. But, uh, so yeah. do you watch SpongeBob because of SpongeBob or because of the, the little dude? Uh, well, I used to watch SpongeBob just because of SpongeBob. I have an excuse, and now I watch it because of the little dude. So both. <laughs> hey, Coons, what's uh, what's the takeaway from uh, All Star Weekend? I think it was fine. You know, it's it All Star Weekend to me is like a it's an interesting thing to just see all the cool players, like all the big time players, come together and perform. But you know, for the most part, everyone always finds the dunk contest disappointing. There were some cool spots. And, yeah, some. You yeah, know. but it, listen, what are those guys supposed to do? Right. Well, I, I mean, it, what else can they do? They're trying well, like no. they're trying like heck to do it, and then other people say, "Well, they never can make the first attempt." Well, that's because they're trying to do stuff that's like well, never been done. Before. I think it just sucks because they're a bunch of no namers. Like, did you see? Did you see? Uh, so. Giannis went on Twitter and said he's interested in doing the dunk contest. I saw which, that. Donovan way, Mitchell then responded yeah, and said, which, hey. Which, by the way, I'm sure his agent's like, yeah, hey, that's cool and everything. Going to need you to pump your brakes a little bit because uh, you're not getting hurt here. So, no, you're not going to do the dunk contest. But that would be pretty cool to see some actual, like, real name players. You well, know? That's, I mean, that's the, the, that's the thing. The, the guy, uh, DiHallo, I believe that's how you say his name, who won the dunk contest. Like, I just, I'm having trouble saying his name. It's yeah. he, he plays, I think, maybe 10 minutes a game. And in the last 10 games, I looked it up, he he was inactive for, like, four of them. And yeah, then, listen, I agree. They got to get the big guys. But, I mean, when LeBron James has never participated in the dunk contest. Not do it. Yeah. Well, that, that hurts it. He's the, he's the biggest name in the game, and well, he's and he can dunk like a son of a gun, and, then, and, he can, and he's never been in it. And then Joe Harris went in the three-point contest? Like, who... People are watching that like Joe Harris looks I, like a creative player from NBA 2K. See, like, like you start out with him. I, That's what I he looks like. I liked. No to him, I liked that because he was like the one that they didn't want to put in. He was the last one that they threw in on this list, and he just came out and showed everybody like I can I can shoot a three. And do I know what broke my heart most about the All Star Weekend? The whole thing. <laughs> what did you see Ray Allen go 0 for five from the three point line for charity? Hey, he, he <laughs> said screw these uh, kids, <laughs> not brick, brick. Got to break all of them, man. <laughs> oh. That was so bad. So much for all that time in the gym. That broke my heart, Ray. Oh, and the kids are suffering from it. Come on, man. All right, if you could pick two guys to go to the uh, dunk contest next year, who would it be? Ooh. Ben, I would love to see Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell because, like, that not my not my rookie, all that stuff. And I, I know Ben can throw it down, and Donovan obviously can throw it down too. And then you get that little, like, rivalry thing going. I think that'd be fun. Zion. And Zion. I well, okay. Giannis and Zion next year. Giannis and Zion be fun, or just I, Zion and Zion. It frustrates me <laughs> that it's already like let's put Zion in the dunk contest. He's not in the NBA yet. But I can't, I can't wait to talk about if he's going to be a bust. I'm going to say Zion and John Morant, Murray State stand up. Let's go. He's, he's got some hops <laughs> too. He's, he's got hops, man. Not even there. That might not be bad. Yep. Hey. Some hot takes, and we'll give you the Jags news if you missed it. We already gave it to you at the top of the hour, but we'll give it to you again what just went down in the last hour at Jags headquarters. That's next on ESPN 690. What you got on the magic whiteboard? Oh, I really just milked it in I mean, because whatever that I-universe thing is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's a happy President's Day. Well, you went from super deep from that UFC guy to uh, about as simple as you can get. If you get a chance, watch watch the interview because it's – I only did a part of that. It's about like a three-minute rant that he goes on, and uh, it's filled with profanity, which is funny, too. Happy President's Day. Happy President's Day. You know, the problem with Mount Rushmore 
is it's become such a big cliche in our sports world. It's about Rushmore of everything. Oh, like name like the top four yeah. and put them on the – yeah, I don't – I mean, listen, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. I mean, you use it. It's kind of what people know, you know. Mm-hmm. But instead of saying like, what would be the final four of this show? is like, it's Mount Rushmore of. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. And uh, I also, I don't know, you have a big desire to go out and see Mount Rushmore? I'm good. You know, I mean, I've seen pictures of each president. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you what, what, what do you want me to do? At Disney? Uh, yeah, I mean, unless I can actually like, go inside like and like kind of rock climb that whole structure like uh I don't like it, what yeah. was that movie where they the richie rich richie rich man yeah macaulay culkin they lived in uh mount richmore if I'm not mistaken yep Ooh, for a I, was out point. Close. I wasn't too far away from uh mount rushmore this summer when we were in wyoming have you uh, ever seen it i haven't it's, no. it's whatever huh it's a yeah rock. I, yeah some of the some of the landmark things that people go crazy to go see or well i mean listen i can't i i'm guilty of it i Careful. grew up around plymouth rock yeah and be, it's a rock. Yeah. But it is kind of still cool to go see. I mean, we would go on field trips yep. to Plymouth, Massachusetts, which was about 45 minutes to an hour from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are literally people still at that time, I don't know if they still do it, but they would be, like, pilgrims. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, not – They were actors. They were actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were, they had the whole setup of yep. it. Yeah, they were actors. And so, I mean, there was Taking something jobs cool very about – what was it? Would have been 1620, I think. Yeah. Was, uh, Churning some butter and whatnot. Yeah, they would do all that stuff. Yeah, we had so, one of those. Like, I remember that from, yeah. from elementary school. Yep. And uh, so I guess there there is that fascination in it, but I can't imagine coming from, like, Oregon to Massachusetts to see Plymouth Rock. <laughs> That's always how I felt about, like, because we always take trips into Philly, go see the Liberty Bell, all that. You know how it is. But then there would be people, like, I would just, it always fascinated me that they would, like, take a trip to see the Liberty Bell. Yeah. Like, I... To me, my family, when we went on trips, we always went to the beach. We just go to Ocean City, New Jersey, or something. Like the idea of going on a trip to see a bell to me was like, but, why? But in Philly, like, it's like Philly. At least there's a lot going on, there's right? A it's city. a big city. I mean, some of these places are in the middle of nowhere, and you yeah. go and, you, and that's all you do. But Philly too is interesting because what is, is it? Freedom Hall, Freedom. This was something else. Freedom something in Philly. I thought. Right around that same area. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, freedom? I don't know. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. freedom, independence, same damn thing. Yeah, you're good. Uh, <laughs> independ- so Independence Hall is what I was thinking of because it's they're pretty close by, right? The they, Liberty Bell? Yeah, they're, they're kind of right down the street from each other. See, like, again, the Liberty it's, Bell's it's in this, bell. like, see-through area, and then yeah, the house yeah. or you know, the hall, it's down the street. Yeah, yeah, right. it's this is great. Social studies teachers everywhere are, like, really impressed they're with like, this. Oh, you're killing well, I'm going to be honest, man. Shout out to Plymouth Rock because I know. Oregon Trail. I always made it a habit of going past uh, Plymouth Rock and my Oregon Trail experience. So shout out to Plymouth Rock, could. man. Hold it down over there. You missed my whole point I was getting to in Philly, okay? Oh, my bad. Because beyond the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall or Freedom Hall or whatever. Plymouth Rock. The number one attraction for people is if you're going to go to Philly, you got to go see the Rocky statue. That's another one. Yeah, and the people hey, will stand the steps, there. Right? Oh, and now they're making money off of that. And, yeah, the amount of people that – like my girlfriend tried to get a video of me running up the steps with the music, and I was like, you will not – I will not do that. <laughs> why? She's that's like, not why cool? not? I was like, I'm from here. You don't do that if you're from uh, here. That's yeah, a tourist that's thing. <laughs> that's kind of true. But, uh, yeah, there's people that stand – like like people work the Rocky statue. They'll stand there, yeah. take a picture for you, and expect a, a tip. A tip. But did, if you had a poll question – if you're going to Philly and you put Rocky Statue, Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, I'm probably missing something. 
Wouldn't Rocky? Yeah, wouldn't yeah, it's Rocky. Oh, yeah, Rocky. Wouldn't he win? And it's funny, too, because obviously I listen to Bill Burr a lot, and Bill Burr has this giant rant where some hecklers were heckling him from Philly, and he went on this big tirade about how their greatest role model and their greatest, you know, landmark is <laughs> yeah. fake. And, and, uh, but meanwhile, they have Joe, you know, they have Joe Frazier, who's one of the greatest boxers of all time, and no one gives a crap about him. Yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't yeah. it? There's a, there's a few people that care about Joe, but it's... You have to the, care yeah, about Joe, yeah. man. Are you kidding me? The brawler? Come on now. Yeah. You know. Well, boxing's dead. You just told us earlier in the show. May you got some hot peace. takes? I do have some hot takes, all football-related for you guys. Uh, the first one is going to be about the Redskins, actually, and the comment just says, the Redskins need to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick if they want to be a playoff team. They might need to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. That actually might be a good landing spot for a team like the Redskins. I think that have are going to have some uh, dollar issues at QB because of Alex Smith. And I, I will say this about all the quarterbacks that have played at Washington. Much like Jacksonville, mm-hmm. I put Baltimore sometimes in the same breath. Uh, uh, the Bills? Nah, not really. I, I, I say like Baltimore, the Jags, the Redskins. Maybe the Dolphins are a little bit like this without Jarvis Landry now. But who do they have? Who gets you excited? On the Redskins? On the offense. I don't know. Maybe you're a quarterback. A, a 75-year-old Vernon Davis. and uh... Is it Reed still there, tight end? Yeah, yeah but, but he's, he's always hurt. He's healthy. always hurt, yeah. yeah. But you're right. He's a very talented player, but he's but he's always hurt. They got Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jinx. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the first jinx we've ever had on the radio. They, they, they have an 80 year old Adrian Peterson. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and Peterson, listen, he, he outperformed. I'm exaggerating. Uh, but, but, you know, my point is, like, for, for even Kirk Cousins, for what he did there, he didn't have a lot around him. And Alex Smith wasn't going to have a ton around him. And now we'll see if they can put. Washington needs to do the same thing. Whatever they do at quarterback, they need to find some weapons. So uh, that's my take on uh, Fitzpatrick. I'm saying no, they won't go to the playoffs. Hey, listen, Fitzpatrick, when he played in Tampa, didn't really have a running game either. I mean, towards the end of the season, uh, Peyton Barber kind of came on a little bit. But at least in Tampa Bay, they had receivers. They had Mike Evans. They had Deshaun Jackson. Adam Humphreys. Washington, not so much. So I think to rely on guys like Jamison Crowder, uh, you know, Jordan Reed, who's had the injuries. He's doing a lot of yoga, I saw, but not sure that's going to help you out. And then Vernon Davis, who's up there as well in age. They just need too many weapons that they don't have right now. All right, this is a scenario one, so you guys can pick which side you want to be on. But would you rather have two minutes? Oh, there's two minutes left in a game, a four-point game. Uh, your Would you rather have your team trailing, needing 75 yards for a touchdown drive with two timeouts or be on the de- defensive side of that same scenario? Yeah, it's a good question. I I, I feel like, uh, one, it depends who's your quarterback and who's your offense, but, <laughs> who's your and who's team? your defense. And so you really <laughs> right, have everybody right. on this. But, but listen, I as much as I like to argue the other side sometimes, I can't see why you wouldn't want to have the lead with two minutes to go and try to prevent a team from scoring. I mean, it is not. Now, you asked me that question in Arena League. And I might answer it differently. The NFL might be scoring more and the, uh, the scoreboard lighting up a little bit more, but it's not yet that. I mean, I would still rely on a defense. There's a lot of execution that needs to take place to go 75 yards in a couple minutes. Unfortunately, I agree. And Kuz, you said these would be like really super spicy hot takes today, and these are mild at best. Wow. But uh, anyways, killing you. so Taste I'm also buds. going defense for this simple reason. If I'm a coach... I'm putting my defense out there because I'm confident in my coaching abilities. The thing with defense is, is every if those 11 guys, everyone does their job, the defense wins. On offense, if every one of those guys does their job, 
they don't always succeed. So I'm going to put the defense out there. What do you mean? Why is that? Uh, because if, if a defense makes a mistake, then offense scores. Oh, you mean like uh, like a slip up or like, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you're saying like you can standpoint. still execute on offense, but if the defense does everything right, yeah, you're probably not. Matter. Exactly. So if if everyone does their job on defense, that's kind you of an interesting viewpoint. Like if if all 22 players on the field do their job, the defense is supposed to win. But hey, that's me coming from a defensive philosophy, right? So. I'm gonna have to think about that. A think little about bit. it. Hey, maybe put that on the on, on the poll or something. I don't I'm know. gonna have to think about that. Yeah, we'll go do do some homework and bring it back to me tomorrow morning. Well, we'll talk and, about and it. And the, the reason being is because even if I put it on the poll question, I'd be like, well, who's my quarterback or who's my eleven guys no, on offense? Who's my guys on defense? Matter. That's nothing to do with it. If everyone does their job um, on offense and defense, the defense will win. Oh, well, that's a hot take, yeah. Yeah, how's that for a hot take? There well, I you literally go. just came up with that out of my mind in a second. And All right, next. Our, next, next in so much so we don't know if we made it up or not. Next hot take. <laughs> <laughs> next hot take. If all guys on the field do their job, no. Yeah. Um, the next, well, what are these hot takes or not takes? Cause the, let's go. The next one. Spiciest. If the Dolphins draft Kyler Murray, the AFC East has the most inter- interesting set of starting quarterbacks in 2019. That's Brady Darnold. Murray and Josh, uh, Allen. Josh Allen. Uh, I will. Um, I'll come with you and say, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, Darnold. Uh, thanks for getting to this too, because that way we can bring up the the Bills and uh, Josh Allen. You yeah. see, he said uh, you still think I'm trash, Jalen yep. Ramsey. My guess, I was thinking about how Ramsey would interpret that. I'd be like, yup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, I'm in for that. I'm in for that. New coach with Gase and Darnold. Brady is Brady. Kyler Murray, to me, is going to be one of the most fascinating stories in the NFL. Name me a better division. Nope. You going to the AFC West? Good call. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you might. Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Need, need I say more? He's pretty good with the MVP. I think that's pretty good. Uh, He's all right. Philip Rivers, the most underrated quarterback maybe in NFL history. Uh and just oh, for the fact that he loses, that's a hot take. well, I'm just saying, and uh, the fact that he loses his mind all the time and like cusses and stuff <laughs> is just pretty cool to watch. Obviously, with the Raiders now, Derek Carr, not that entertaining, not that cool to watch, but with John Gruden, it's always kind of a back and forth dynamic, so okay. it makes it interesting. And then, hey, smoking Joe Flacco, how's he gonna do in higher elevation, man? We'll see. Now that was a good hot take. Thank you. No, not you. That was for Kuz. Me, oh. gotta take See, credit I for you, everything. I got one man. in the stats. That's the one I was talking about. Right, Kuz, I got one for you. My buddy Rich says we're talking about Philly. Where are you going, Pats or Geno's? Neither. You got like some secret one that nobody knows about. SOS man, subs on South. Is that is that a subs popular on one South? too? Yeah, it's it. They have to me the best kind. I think I've been to both Pats and Geno's, but I really don't remember which one was which. They're both pretty good. Coos are the best ones. Do they have cheese whiz, or is it like the natural cheese? Nah, whiz. Whiz or without, uh, man. Come on, you gotta have the whiz on it. When did you move from Philly? What's that? When did you move from Philly? I moved when I was. Oh man, that would have been two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. So that's like eight years ago. So you, you, so like your teenage life, you were in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you. You could. You're a good judge of this, is my. Point. I was wondering if you were been, too yeah. young to judge the cheesesteak. No, because we would go down there a lot for like concerts, and we and obviously yeah. Philly games. Uh, you know the Phillies, the Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, all that stuff. I like a good cheesesteak now. <sighs> you tell him, Brent. That is pretty good. I know. Oh, you can't beat me. Me and she. Come on. Me I'm and not cheese, gonna lie. Steak and cheese. Come on. I went to Philly when I was like 10 years old, and it was like the scariest place I'd ever been in my life at the time. <laughs> Why is that? Because it was one. Of, it was the first time I'd ever seen like a, question, no, first time I'd ever seen like a big city like that. Okay. And then, you know, at night when they have like the 
the smoke. It looks like smoke coming out of the like the the grates and the gutters. Yep, I was like, yep. what is going on here? Okay, okay. I thought I'd take it in the, the, like a whole down. different direction. I like Brad. Philly now, All right. especially the well, cheesesteak. Hey, if we have an apology, I have it here to read. Nah, so just don't nah, nah. push it. Hey, check us out on the podcast, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV. ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.